Well, 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 if it isn't the second episode with Trent Knox, here we are, the Common Chaos Podcast, your one-stop shop for that beautiful balance of chaos and order. I am your host with the most, Brian Kern, and this is the podcast where we talk about life, the good, the bad, all the ugly in between, and I am here to bring you the balanced perspective on everyday topics, and like I mentioned in the previous episode, this episode features my friend Trent Knox the original guest of the Common Chaos podcast. We were in the weeds in that first episode, talking about relationships, talking about the potential for growth and uh, progress in one's life after being hit with obstacles, after being maybe exposed to one community for so long and then having to transition to another. We talked about a lot. So I said, hey, Trent, we still need to talk about 2023, so I'm going to need you to come back in a day or two, and we're going to have to record a whole nother episode. Do you think you can do that for me? And he said, yeah, man, I can. I can definitely do that for you. And I said, awesome, Trent. Thanks. I really appreciate it. And what did he do? He showed up. And what did we do? We recorded another podcast. And inevitably, we talked about 2023 for maybe 20 minutes. I'll say 30 minutes. I'll give ourselves the benefit of the doubt. I'll say we talked about 2023 for maybe 30 minutes on a two and a half hour podcast. So take that as you will. What else did we talk about on this podcast? Well, we talked about business. We talked about our personal projects that we have going on in our lives and maybe some professional projects that we're currently working on, uh, both together and separately. And we also talked about what the state of the world is, not just for this upcoming year, but in general, maybe how that affects our personal lives, how it affects our professional lives, how it affects the lives of our loved ones, and if we can maybe take a snapshot at the cultural perspective that we get through media. You know, what are we seeing on TV? What are we hearing in our music? What are we hearing in our everyday distractions, if you will? But I don't necessarily want to call them distractions. We can call them uh, plugins or daily intakes, what have you, but the stuff that we're constantly consuming because we are a consumer-based species, how is that affecting our lives? How is that affecting the society and the culture around us? And how is it affecting our ability to be the best possible versions of ourselves, humans? We talk about all that in this podcast and even a little bit more. And don't forget, we do touch on 2023 and give a little bit of a prediction of what we think is going to happen. Now, Moving on to the sponsors of this of this podcast. The first sponsor is going to be Fightback CBD. Fightback CBD is a CBD product based here out of Austin, Texas. Justin McClenney is the founder and creator of Fightback CBD. And I have to say that this is some of the best CBD products I've ever had. Now, I live in Austin, Texas. Marijuana, weed, and most of its products are not legal here. However, they do have some legal use products that come from the marijuana plant. And one of those things happens to be CBD. And what's great about CBD is it's non-psychoactive in many of its forms. Justin's Fightback CBD happens to be tested and proven to be 99.99999% THC-free. He also has some THC variants. So you can get your Delta-8, your Delta-9s, your federally legal THC strains. You can also get the CBD in a bunch of cool ways. He has it in tinkerture drops, he has it in roll-on applicators, he even has it in a BCAA formula that you can take pre, during, or post-workout. 
you can head on over to fightbackcbd.com and save 20% by using the promo code chaos at checkout. That's right. Save yourself 20%, not just on his CBD products, but also on his apparel. He has ranked rash guards, t-shirts. He has a brand new luchador rash guard, which he has available for pre-order. And don't forget, you're going to save 20% by using the promo code chaos at checkout at fightbackcbd.com. That's right. 20% by using the promo code chaos. That's fightbackcbd.com. Check them out. The second sponsor of this podcast is going to be Phoenix Fit. That's F-N-X-F-I-T.com. Phoenix Fit is a fitness and supplement company. They are also a gym based out of Salt Lake City, Utah, and they're one of the fastest growing supplement companies in the world. Do you like taking supplements and the necessary vitamins that you need for potentially making yourself the best version that you can possibly be? We all want to do that, right? Of course we do. Head on over to phoenixfit.com. Sorry, I'm trying to do these fucking reads and be professional. Head on over to phoenixfit.com and use the promo code CHAOSFNX. That's right, CHAOSFNX. And you're going to save yourself 15% on everything that they have. And I got to tell you guys, and this is, I'm not reading off a script. I swear to God, this is all off the top of my head. Uh, I recently received their variety edition of their Recharge pre-workout. Uh, and what that is, is it's a variety pack of five different flavors of their pre-workout formulas. So you can pick and choose what your favorites are. And then you can discard whatever ones you don't like. And then you can go back and get the full containers. And it's awesome because this product is actually half the cost of a normal uh, Recharge pre-workout container. And it gives you 20 servings, five different flavors, 20 servings, four of each flavor. The pack that they sent me, I got rainbow candy, sour gummy worms, lemon lime, grape popsicle, and orange tang as my flavors. Uh, Aside from that, I have also tried their strawberry lemonade and their fruit punch flavors, which are both really, really good as well. They also have their strawberry lemonade in a BCAA formula, which is fantastic. Uh, On the previous episode, I talked about the Revive Complex, which is their natural testosterone booster, another product that I use from them, and I also just received their slides they have some very comfortable slides on their website that you can get and i think they might even be at a discount rate now that it's post christmas if i'm not mistaken nevertheless you guys can head on over to phoenixfit.com that's fnxfit.com save yourself 15 percent by using the promo code chaos fnx at checkout and get yourself some premium supplements and some amazing gear all right, folks, this is the Common Chaos Podcast. Like I said, don't forget to check us out on social media, The Common Chaos on Instagram and Twitter of Brian of Death for my personal brands on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and this is Trent Knox. You can check him out at trentknox.com. It's a beautiful website. He did it all himself. You can contact Trent for all your media needs. He is an amazing dude, a great guy, and a brilliant brain too. Uh, just great ideas and great thoughts on just life in general. And I always have a fun time having these conversations with him. And to bust out, you know, five plus hours of of convo and have it make sense and package it up real nice for all you all is uh, is tough. And we were able to do it. So I enjoy you. Lis- I appreciate you listening to this show. I hope you enjoy it. And I love you all. Take care. I assure you that I'm glad I did. Oh. oh, what? Oh, Silences what? Silences did not disturb. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah.
Damn. All right. Yeah, we avoided two op two curveballs. That discussion we were just having and silences silenced phones. All right, Trent, we're back for round two. Are we live? We are live now. Well, we're recording, not live, but we're recording. Okay. All right. And we, for those of you listening, Trent was in here for episode 102, the episode that before this one in line and we were supposed to discuss 2023 and what's to come that's what me and trent do on a yearly basis we yep. break down the year and give a, give ourselves and the audience a little preview of what we expect and a couple of our goals and ideas and i just, definitely feel a lot more rested today good so <laughs> good and so gonna i'm gonna stop on too many things i'm starting i am going to paint a picture and so me and trent had had this podcast scheduled and ready to go for uh, a couple days ago and he shows up in his pajamas <laughs> saying that he had a rough morning. And that's how the podcast went. So if you listen to it, it was more of a deep dive into what? Just like some some social things, right? Some ideas on romance, some ideas on social capabilities and what that looks like. Not only from your perspective and my perspective, but also from like a cultural perspective coming out of the pandemic, uh, just faced with how relationships and all of that are cultivated nowadays online dating mm -hmm. you know dating apps uh, much more digital interventions and so we kind of went into those rabbit holes and it was a good discussion it was a good discussion because i think it opened us up both emotionally a little bit made us made us vulnerable but it also gave us i think a lot of fuel for this episode because now we've got to take all of that all of that talk about where we think these social aspects are going to go and and for both of us the future of just us as individuals where we're going to go and how all those social aspects play into what 2023 is going to bring and so now that we're at this episode how are you feeling today did you get off to a better start did you yeah yeah um i mean I texted you this morning, like 4.30 a.m., like, dude, I fucked up again. <laughs> um, my sleep is completely screwed up. and uh, But then I got a couple more winks in yeah. um, before the construction crew showed up and beep, beep, beep. Bah, 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 bah. Start demolishing your shit. And, you know, they're, they're building, you know, and the studio will be hopefully up and running before March. And we got plans for March. So, and I was driving up here thinking, you owe me two now. You now mean? you got to come up to my place. Oh, I do, I do, I do. Yeah. Once oh, the studio once is up. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I have to. Yeah. I don't even know if I've seen your house, like the inside of your house, right? I've been to the outside. Well, I live in a trailer. And, well, okay, well. Okay. Yeah, you never been, been to the, you never been, there, been yeah. to the ranch. Yeah. No, I've never been to the ranch ranch. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, the Trent Knox ranch too, not the Rogan ranch. The Trent Knox <laughs> yeah, ranch. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <clears throat> Trent Knox has got a ranch, baby. I do have a, a family ranch. It's not mine. It could be mine in the future, but today... You know, um, it's the family ranch, and uh, we don't have any animals yet. Sadly, we've now had a number of dogs pass away. Mm. Um, more recently, had a dog pass away, but I don't want to get too much into no, that. We definitely you know, don't have that's, to. that's too deep, deep and dark. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, we don't want to go down that route. Um, but you know, like I said, we we kind of talked about the whole Vegas trip and yeah, everything like that. Bit. You know, last night um, we talked a little bit more about it off off mic and um you know talking about our goals as far as individuals and as uh 
you know, business partners before and going into the future. And we also had gotten a haircut, talked a little bit about the things that we did previously, yeah. you know, and how we both, our personalities, um, basically observe, um, the work that we've done, the ups, the downs, the highs, the lows. Um, I'd like to stick in the optimistic side here. You know, I also you, posed, posed that question to you, yeah, you did. Um, on the phone. So, you know, a few things, I think I'm a little bit clearer as far as like what I want to talk about cool. on this episode. Cause I was definitely sleepy last episode. Um, yeah. So I hope that, you know, with what we're looking at and as far as this is like one and a half weeks away that it all pans out and we're able to go out to Vegas and, um, you know, uh, I asked Brian to be involved with, uh, a project, um, that I've been kind of planning out for March for a while now in a mm. way, like I got me hosting asked, a conference for the most part. I, been, I mean, it doesn't have to get detailed, but you can be hosting a conference here right at, right at the tail end of South by. Yeah. Um, I can kind of talk about the date. Oh, okay. Cause cool. the date, you can the date about. is, it is flexible, but it looks like it's going to be on the 23rd. Okay. Um, it's going to be right after south by um it's gonna be you know something that you and i will try to figure out how we promote it right get the right people involved um i know some some of the folks that you know we work with in the past are probably listening to this podcast and there's ways to get you guys involved what is that it's you this time d and d doesn't stop alarms that is that but that's good actually means we get we're getting off to this thing um just hopefully don't have the second alarm go off. But uh, so just to kind of paint a little bit of a back picture for for the the sake of what we're going to be trying to do or what you're going to be trying to be doing is you've got a long history in promotion. You know, Austin Live and Local was your your company and something that well, really, it was ours. Ours, yeah, fair, fair. Uh, your brainchild though, for sure, and was just enabled you to get into this niche where you're now you know, promoting and advertising brands and different companies and really different industries, which is why we tend to do this really different year in preview, if you will, because you kind of have your hand in a lot, you know, entertainment. It was, you've pivoted over the last six, seven years that I've known you from, we were entertainment heavy. We were very into specifically music, music. Yeah. Fashion as well. I feel like we, we blended the fashion pretty, pretty decent. You did uh, repost the Dawn thing. Recently. Yeah, and like we also had, uh, you know, King Bowie. You know, Louis, True. Louis, Louis was on there, and uh, we've did you know a couple different other fashion things. And you've been able to get into which we're also going to talk about, but into the e-commerce side of things, right? This digital commerce, this yeah, uh, and that piggyback. I think often. we always were, but as far as. Way. As far as like the cutting edge, not necessarily. No, no, and not. I mean, not at the crypto forefront by any means either. I mean, that's we, a whole other thing. Yeah, yeah, we involved maybe, but not at in like deep into it. No, in any way. Yeah, uh, but also with your esports, you are very heavily on the e side of things in terms of the the gaming and the just the ability to connect brands to opportunities, brands to yeah. commerce, get them involved get them a footprint, get them at least started, right? And so with that, you've, you know, people have entrusted you to, to if anything, put on a show, promote yeah. something. and Be a host. Yeah, yeah. And so what? who are you bringing? What kind of, of 
I guess, types, personality types, industry types are you bringing to this particular event in March? So I guess, you know, we should probably talk about Vegas a little bit. So Brian and I are looking at going to Vegas at the end of the January uh, to a conference to meet up with the people who are going to sponsor the event in March. And what they do, um, that company is Topalti. I've been working with them for about um, a year and a half or so. And they reached out based on the fact that I started to really build a presence on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn, I built a, a, a web page for the eSports Business Network that basically was distributing news for a long time. It was just like the latest news, pushing it out there. And people were just picking up the news that already existed, just promoting other people's stuff. And so the, the brand grew based on that aggregation. So it was an aggregator. And then I started making original content through a podcast. Um, and so... Which you've also... You had previous experience had some in ex- podcasting and networks. Exactly. With the Austin Live and Local. And the and content my, creating in general. And my own podcast. And also, you know, um, being involved with you and being involved in like kind of the local Austin podcast community. But also, I feel like, you know, not as much as I would like to. Um, but okay, so let's stick with... I know that there's a podcast meetup coming up and we just talked about it, but let's stick with the like Vegas thing. Um, We've always done affiliate marketing in some capacity. Like um, I can't think of like the, the thing that we did the most as far as like affiliate marketing, but um, we made t-shirts, you know, we, um, we did some little e-commerce stuff and, and whatnot, but we, we didn't, I don't feel like during my podcasting experience that really learn promo codes or any of these things at a deep level or like what they're doing to innovate um, in that space. And so it looks like it's going to be an opportunity just for us not only to go and work with these this company, Topalti, and figure out how we're going to package this event after South By, but for us both to kind of get a better idea of how we can incentivize our own content that we create as creators. Hmm. Um and so, like, Brian and his podcasts uh, that he's involved with, of course, this podcast. And, you know, you're also doing a Rickshaw's show and you were doing I Hate the Scene. And I I Hate the Scene, I think, is something that you really, which I have to commend you on, did for a long time. Yep. You know, every Friday, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I missed a couple episodes. Matt, every single Friday. Matt didn't miss one. Right. Uh, but it was, yeah, two years and, like... I think it was like two years and like four months or six But you're a content like creator. You know, that's okay. something that I feel like, you know, whether you put Common Chaos on the back burner and you focused on I Hate the Scene, mm-hmm. but you are a content creator and you're really familiar with what it takes to, to get that done. And um, But there's things that we still can learn. Yeah. Additional oh, ways that we can learn like um, to repurpose the content yeah. um, and distribute it so that people can get the packaging and just get the bite-sized clips or maybe they want like a shorter condensed version of of the podcast um you know and and so i feel like this is an opportunity to go see how brands necessarily want you to package it Mm. how can they how how do they want you to package it so that your audience grows at the same time that you're able to monetize it yeah what are the expectations of the brands in order for you to actually be viable to them yeah you know for them to come and say hey we want you to promote and that's something that you know i'm not obviously 
I'm not in a position to be like, oh, this is what you guys have to do. And this is how you're going to be successful at it. But the experience I do have, it's definitely, I've only been approached when I've got something that's stable and something that's worth talking about. And the message with the product, for example, Phoenix Fit, Fight Back, sponsors of the shows. Like I have relationships with the guys that are, that head both those companies in a way that, you know, it was interest in the podcast or the product first before there was ever like, oh, hey, can I represent this? There was never, you know, like, there wasn't that kind of meeting. It was, uh, hey, I listened to this and enjoyed it either from their perspective or I reached out to them and was like, hey, I really like this product. I really like this. And some sort of relationship was built before there was an established actual, hey, this is beneficial for both of us, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think that you can necessarily take advantage of those benefits or capitalize off of those benefits unless you have some sort of substance beyond this ability to just move a product beyond this ability to just sell something right and i think early content creators or people that are looking into getting into this scope or this environment they think once they have a connection with a product or once they have a a grip on something that they just automatically are going to capitalize. They're automatically going to be successful, right? When they, they're missing all these finer points, they're missing the actual, you know, where is the, you can't, again, you can't just push a product. Where is this right. actual? Well, stop there. Cause don't you feel like that's the majority of people in sales roles? Like majority of retail sales people are just selling because they need to make ends meet. They have to go to a, like a, a, a big box retailer and they don't necessarily want to sell the products that the big box retailer is selling, but because of their situation, same in the creator economy. So sales, just as with anything else, like a sport uh, or a profession, you're going to have your people that are successful at it and you're going to, and for their different reasons, there are 100% Wolf of Wall Street, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross types of salespeople out there that are lifers that are in their 40s that are still at these big box retailers or these luxury retailers and they're flipping houses, flipping nice cars, making millions, hundreds of thousands, whatever. And they are solely focused on like that fix of sales because sales is lucrative. Sales is one of the most, well, just to kind of answer your question a little bit to the flip side. There we go. Yeah. There's people that are going to do it just because they do need to make, you know, make ends meet, right? The mainstream. Yes. And it's lucrative. What I was saying is sales is one of the more lucrative jobs you can get without needing a degree. It is great experience. You can move up a sales ladder and be very successful. Uh, And almost at every end of the spectrum, in in terms of sales, there's money to be made, right? Whether it's commission-based, whether it's labor, and whether it's production. And so... You're going to get like your psychopaths, your freak athletes, if you will, quote unquote, on the sales world. And those are the guys that are just constantly going to hustle. You're, I, I was the quarterly winner for five years in a row. You know, those people. Uh, I, I personally think I fall like in the middle of the spectrum. But regardless, you're going to be a shitty salesman if you can't make that connection to the product, to the customer, right? If you don't get that right fit is what, you know, the sales terms, people love right fits, you know, oh, it's all about finding the right fit for the client. If you're a company that offers a plethora of product, you should be able to find a right fit for your client, right? Well, what happens when you're doing something like fitness supplements? Okay. There's hundreds of different fitness supplements out there 
there's hundreds of different right fits that could be, you know, and so when you're just trying to come over and pedal a pre-workout, people are going to realize whether or not there's actual, you know, you know what I'm saying? It's, it gets more right. difficult at different levels, especially when people are less likely to be self-motivated, less likely to be driven on product knowledge, less likely to uh, be good at interpersonal relationships like that's another mm -hmm. thing with sales right who how are you going to sell a product to somebody if it's a true sale unless you have some sort of knowledge or connection with that customer client mm -hmm. vice versa right mm -hmm. and so well i just want to say and this is i got to get it off my shoulders here like right now i have two products both of which uh, are well-known brands yes in their own capacity and you what know i'm not going to promote these no i don't want to promote it the reason why i want to promote it is this easily should be sponsoring me, should be contributing to my uh, economics. But when I speak to them, um, this brand, they say that I'm too much of a nano influencer. My the audience that Reach I have is too it. small. Yeah, this is just you know a a, a a popular celebrity's brand that has no direct in correlation with me. But it's also something like both of them are one is an energy one is a water right so water um we have somebody that we know that has a water brand in smackola of uh, the dirty worms he has his e 40 ounce dirty worms waters right so he created his own water brown Sh shout out to him that goes as a local right into my next question continue but i gotta and then th this uh like energy drink uh i have I have found a way to promote energy drinks without being um, like uh, exclusivity to that specific brand, right? Because all of them kind of do affiliate sales. They don't do promotion. They don't give you a budget to go out and be sponsored to then promote the things. Um, and so like when it comes to energy or water or something like that, you want to get to a level like Mr. Beast or like uh, the Nelk Boys or something like that, where you have your own product and that is in stores. I think that's true of food and beverage. But along the way, when you're a nano and a micro influencer, um, which is for nano influencers, about uh, 5,000 to 10,000 followers across social media boards, no matter what platform you have. And then micro is 50,000 to like some say a million or like 100,000 or something like that. And so... You know that along the way you have to make sacrifices in a way or decisions necessarily to what you're willing to sell out to hmm. right so um at this stage i'm always just trying to figure out wh what's the leverage what hmm. leverage can i get so it's 2023 to sell out year for trent you're gonna sell out to a brand or I mean, to, in, in, in certain circumstances, people could say that. I didn't mean, to, I didn't mean that, to rack your brain. No, no, in the, B2B, <laughs> in the B2B sense, Topalti is yeah. one of those that I have. Topalti is a bigger brand, though, too. With in, in a, they're like a company. In, in a the, B2B sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the commerce world, which is, yeah. you know, that's more back-end, right? It's not necessarily boxed retail customer product. It's more right, back-end yeah. solution-based. Yeah. And yeah. that's always needed. That's always necessary. I don't want to deter from the the... The sales consumer chat. component. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, if you will. Uh, but your examples with these two products that you have over here, 
that's a trend that we're seeing where celebrities are taking on liquors, waters, mm-hmm. uh, things that are always going to be in use and of need, right? Yeah. Everyone's going to always want to drink. Everybody's going to always need water. Um, and so that kind of distorts the idea of building trust in a brand or trust in product and building because like a household, you, like a household. Why product. are you going to buy the uh, Kevin Hart tequila? Right. It's because it's Kevin Hart's tequila. Like it's you might taste it once. Is it really blowing you away? Maybe it might be really, really that good. Right. But let's take I think McGregor's what you might whiskey. Be speaking to McGregor's on a deeper whiskey. level is like Kleenex. We don't call it nose tissue we want a kleenex right right the brand is you know saturated. what i mean so it's like we're getting to the point q-tip is the place, brand name rather than it's yeah swab. yeah yeah so we're getting to the place where that may go away because there's not going to be a household brand name it's going to be a community name brand name you're associating it with uh the rocks tequila which is terramana i like terramana i'll probably take it over 1942 in the club I say, give me the Terramana because it's the rock. I have grew yeah, up. Yeah, but see, that's it. It's the it's the rock. What if it was somebody else's? It's a good else's? tequila, too, but I oh, mean. True. The only reason it's in front of your face, though, is it's the rocks. If mm-hmm. it had a different name and the rock wasn't supporting it. And the reason I bring that up is McGregor. So right. I found this out when I was in Ireland. Mm-hmm. So McGregor, Proper 12, mm-hmm. that shit blew up. He's made more money off of Proper 12 than he has with in the fighting. UFC. Yeah. yeah. And... Uh, we see this with Brendan Schaub, uh, you know, uh, Josh Barnett, another fighter, has a, uh, I believe it's a whiskey or a bourbon. Uh, the Waters, The Rock, Kevin Hart, all these people, right? 50 Cent. I remember seeing 50 Cent on oh, like Oh, Vitamin Water. Like, uh, well, yeah, but he also had a he also had a, t- a, a liquor for a while. He and still then does. It's Jay-Z uh, had Ciroc, right? Or, Ethan. Or, yeah. Ethan and Ciroc. Diddy and Ciroc, yep. Diddy Ciroc, yeah. And so uh, they've been doing it forever. And Well, Jay-Z not, really figured out the game there. That's for sure. It's not. I mean, it's a smart move. And I, I encourage people to, yeah. It's There's a reason that celebrities, athletes, uh, people that have maybe time frames on their own careers, right? Be mm-hmm. it age, be it exposure, what have you. They need longevity. And what better way to do that to earn like generational wealth and get a product that's constantly going to be purchased at bars, restaurants, it's constantly in demand, right? Yeah. But I've had proper 12 whiskey. It's it's not like blow you away whiskey. It's good. But all McGregor did mm-hmm. was buy up a distillery that was already making whiskey and buy into it. it. Yeah, and brand it. Buy into it, own some shares, majority what have you. Yeah. Brand it. He gets a shit ton of money on the back end and residuals from sponsorships and all this other nonsense. He's already sold his portions. He, I don't think he's even in it anymore, but his name's tied to it because it's McGregor's proper 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's set. He's set for life. Mm-hmm. And you take McGregor's name component out of that, that distillery's still there. Mm-hmm. Someone's going to go in, purchase it, make mm-hmm. a whiskey, sell it. Mm-hmm. But they don't have that charging power horse of it being Conor McGregor's whiskey to put it in front of everywhere to where now mm-hmm. you're going, do I want Conor or do I want Angel's Envy? You know, do I want this or that? Like, mm-hmm. it could be named something else and not even in front of your face because it doesn't have that marketing exposure, that advertising exposure. Mm-hmm. The only reason you're taking the Rocks tequila is because you know it's the Rocks tequila and it happens to taste good. But what happens if it never came across your palate because it never had the Rocks name on it? It's just sitting on a shelf somewhere. Never got the proper marketing. Never got that center shelf advertising, if you will, right? 
Well, that's what's interesting about we're talking about salesmen having to having to build product knowledge and having to you know build some sort of trust be- right, between yeah. a, a client and themselves. Yeah, and well, yet, the, the appeal and the name value of things yeah. sometimes is enough. Sometimes it's enough to just buy a brand rather than actually trusting the product. And yeah. how many times have we read bad reviews because of shit like that? You know? Oh yeah, I mean, there's plenty of times where that went the opposite direction that you want it to go mm-hmm. it went negative associating it with a brand with a with a celebrity the name i'm thinking of like if you think of liquor what's the number one liquor you think of i mean jägermeister comes to mind you think I mean, of jaeger right now jägermeister came to mind but i have a well that, that's that's definitely a, that's a staple me and right? have a bond a staple is jaeger a staple is jack daniels a staple is um Captain Morgan. Yeah, like, Cuervo. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. There are those staple things that are in the well. Should be at every right? bar. It's in every well. Yeah. Uh, it's not necessarily the well drink. Um, you know. Yeah, that was a weird way. Of, well was a weird use of words. In the- well, usually Jack is in the well as a, uh, not the the house um, yeah. whiskey. Yeah. The house whiskey is... Uh, Sometimes Jim, sometimes something like a little bit less considered, not the good, the like standard, you know, uh, just like an inferior whiskey. But the when and now, you know, I feel like when I worked in the bars and, and everything as a promoter, as a bartender, as a bar back and all those things, you know, it used to be we would we, we might be considered paying an influencer. It wasn't called an influencer at the time, but somebody to come in. And, you know, do and a bill a night. night. All, yeah, exactly. And um, do after the pandemic, I was hearing people talk about uh, influencers being are, are, are there being like private invite kind of only club environments. Um, but maybe it should be the opposite where influencers drive the the purchasing decisions at the club. And so like they're liquors are the ones that are in the well and if they're if that's the case like that's just their club that's the club that you go to that you're always going to see mcgregor at like his uh what was the bar well he's got the irish hound or whatever it's the black forest lodge something like that it's called and you can expect him to be there every friday night yeah yeah you know he's representing it's the same thing like in miami but they the way that uh I think his name is uh, Josh Gruber or something like that. I can't remember his first name right now. Uh, Grootman. Sorry. His name is Grootman. He owns uh, Live. He owns um, uh, all the big clubs. I can't remember what the second one is. Um, Story. Uh, all of those. A bunch of great restaurants in Miami. But he's rotating. But what if you had one, like Drake had his club in Toronto. And he's there every Friday night. And people go there, they see him. Like I mean, I'm sure that's what we are seeing. Where it's the McGregor. It I think that's the. It's not term. popularized though. You know, I don't get the sense that it's popularized. That they do have those exclusive clubs as well, in like you know Soho and the I, Viper I Room, well. shit like that. Back in the day, like that's what those were. There was a wait list for the general public to get in. They didn't get in until midnight. Yet the celebrities were all in there hanging out. You know all night already and by the time you do get in you're rubbing shoulders it's at capacity yada yada you know you're just that's the exposure to those kinds of people uh and then those kinds of environment do exist i just think that there's a trend that we're seeing with celebrities and 
let's call them influencers, athletes, anybody in that That's scope that now, has a public yeah. public figure. Uh, they're just as everything is progressing and growing, we're seeing them take new opportunities and how to prolong their wealth and their their just ability to provide for themselves and make money. And what better way to do that than to establish yourself with some sort of product that's in use heavily. Right. And that's why I think we are seeing that. And the social gathering is probably the next, the next big thing, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, people probably are craving to go out and go to clubs and go to parties yeah. and you're already getting different access to your favorite celebrities through social media, through different types of paid apps, mm-hmm. right? Only fans, yeah. you know, whatever other apps you have to pay right, to text, yeah. pay yeah. to get an exclusive look. Why not the next step be a club? Where maybe you do get to party with the person mm-hmm. on a Friday. Yeah, you're gonna have to wait three hours in line, and you're probably gonna have to pay for bottle service and all this other bullshit. But yeah. you well, I mean, we're to, talking about that. With still the get Vegas to hang trip. out with Drake. I guess. Because see, mean, that's where I'm like red flag, red flag. Well, Vegas a, is dangerous. I want. I want to talk. You're about You're talking this. to a Vegas vet over here. If yeah. we're gonna talk okay. about Vegas, I want to. I want to preface this though i hear people yucking this conversation in my mind what conversation oh the one we're having right now the one that we're having right now because my yum is to go talk to these people and figure out what they're doing with their business these celebrities i want to be in those rooms and ask them like so what are you doing you do want to go to the dinner with jay-z and you would turn i I don't give a shit about his concert i want to go to that dinner and yeah, ask him you would turn down the 500 what's going on what's your business I don't want money from you I want to know wow you you're got so them. dumb I would take the 500,000 that question where it's like would you take that whole scenario where they're like would you take half a mil or a dinner with Jay-Z half a mil son I don't give a shit what Jay-Z has to say give mm. me the half a mil give me the half a mil I'm gonna pay off my debt I'm gonna buy something and then I'm gonna I'm gonna go talk to a financial advisor and invest and make sure that I'm set up for the future so this is very shark tank like right <laughs> I'm definitely not gonna go and sit and talk with Jay-Z. Would you take two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a dinner? Oh no! I just told you I would take five hundred thousand dollars. You asking me if I would take less you, you, money or no, a dinner? No, you take. Yeah. Well, no, you no no no. You take the dinner or five hundred thousand. I would. Or take, you take the dinner and two hundred fifty thousand. Well, yeah. If you're gonna pay me to go hang out with Jay Z, of course I'm. Well, gonna no, take it's that not option. that. It's an equity interest in your business. There's association with the two hundred fifty. There's never five. Well, okay, in the case of like you take the day and they then you screw off and you spend five hundred thousand dollars in Vegas and lose it all. Or you take two hundred fifty thousand dollars equity and plus a dinner with Daisy would get his ears, and get well you get his voice and you get his ear. I'm not understanding your question. So I'm gonna your the option was five hundred thousand or a dinner with Jay Z. You're gonna give me five hundred thousand dollars or I get the opportunity to go. So to the a dinner, dinner with, with Jay Z is you get the game. Okay. Yes. Or you well, get money to play the game. Right. Or. I'm gonna take the money to play the game. Or if you have, if you, you're smart, if you're smart, you negotiate. Say I want but some of the game the and that some of the, the money. Now the question is, are you going to the dinner or are you taking do, the five hundred? I don't do black and white because there's always an opportunity to negotiate. Well, like even play, if you're in front, you're of gonna them. play by the rules, Trent. And the rules are: there you're are either no going to dinner or you're taking there are the five hundred thousand. No you can negotiate. Okay. Always can I like negotiate. That. I like that. Yeah. So that's, that's your optimism. That's your optimism. That's why I said at the beginning of the podcast, I don't want to be pessimistic about things because. There's so much pessimism going on and people selling pessimism so that you st- stay at home, you sit on the couch, you don't do anything to compete, you just Ooh. a loser. Ooh. And losers who won't Who you call win. losers, bro? People who don't play the game. And mm. I'm one of them. I'm one of them that's trying to figure out how can I play the game more? 
Yeah. If I'm just sitting at home, I'm not participating. Participation is key. And if you're just... I like that. Participation is key for 2023. You have to participate. Ooh. Ooh. You're going to get told Ooh. that, you, you know, you're going to get refused from the club. I've been refused from the club. True. I, I just talked about this brand of energy drink that's telling me I don't who have enough not, influence. Who will not get a plug on my podcast? Who will not, not get, get a, plug. a plug? You know, um, but... Um, you can go, you know, and this is maybe the conversation around Vegas. You can go and try. That's true. That is true. That is true. I see you look at me in my eyes saying that shit too, you know, and but I, I have, the, I, I, I have fear. I mean, it's not I'm that fear. I'm afraid. It's I just, am. I've, I've been, listen, we're talking five days in Vegas for a couple maybes, a couple shoe-ins, there but a two, couple maybes. Two shirt, shirt for sures. And we were waiting on it for sure. But a couple maybes. And maybes in Vegas are hard. But really, we're just one maybe. Mm, it's a couple. It's a couple for... Well, for me, it's one maybe because my trip is going to be shorter than yours. Yeah. I'm not doing the five-day trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. But my point to that is, you know, you're talking about participation is key in 2023 and we have to have that mindset. This is coming from somebody, from Trent, who... When me along at his side as this has happened, but taking some L's, we've taken some L's, right? But we've also sacrificed and gotten some W's. And with that being the case, there's there's a different attitude once you've been able to taste both sides, the, mm-hmm. the defeat and the success, that kind of keeps this whole like, yeah, I want to keep playing the game like ramped up, right? What do you think about the defeats that get people in their own head and keep them on the couch. Like, why are the defeats so heavy? Does that make sense? Because when you're down, yeah, everyone wants to punch you. Everybody wants to win. And if you're losing, punching down is a lot harder than punching up. And, you know, that they'll just... That's just how it goes. I mean, I would say that... Because defeat after From defeat. my perspective, from my vantage point... Um, my family, not super supportive, you know, mm-hmm. not, not from my perspective, but, you know, verbally vocalizing it. Um, of course, uh, they are super financially supportive. I am in like an up and down chaos always, you know, where's the next paycheck coming from situation as an entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, and so there, there's like a, a base level, they call it like a, what do they call it? A safety net of sorts. And there's them, then there's the government, then there's this community, yeah. then all yeah, these yeah, other yeah. different safety nets that you can fall into. Yeah. Um, and, and so, yeah, I've got a f- supportive, you know, baseline financially with my family. Um, and so like, so as I say, I can take a bet on going to a Vegas for business purposes, not necessarily pleasure, you know, and then you can go down that rabbit hole of like spiraling out, you know, hookers, drugs, <laughs> oh, you know. the hard left turn. <laughs> you know, I'm just being honest. That's you know, true. I'm being true. That's true. true right. To it. That's right. Yeah. What that's Sin City. That's right? when you're taking the that's that's taking the safety net for granted. You know, that's taking advantage of the safety net and not having any type of discipline or responsibility for discipline, the sake man. Of, we hard. talked about that on the last one. Yeah. Um, but there's an over, you can overdo it. And that's another thing that ends up overdo the discipline, overdoing the discipline, like never going out and taking a chance. And that leaves you sitting on the couch as well, you know, and sitting on the couch can be, you go to the gym every day. It means you're not doing anything to 
differently. And you get in routine. Yeah, you get stuck yeah. in a rut. You're just... You wonder, you're 50 years old, 60 years old, why your life hasn't really panned out the way you wanted it to. Because you did everything that everyone told you to do, but... You know, you listen to Jocko, you listen, but you never made yourself. You never made a, a personality, an identity for yourself. Fuck, making your own personality. That's tough nowadays, too, because I think everybody has to have a personality for their social media. Oh, for social media. For their media, fucking Facebook, for, sure. for their Instagram. We do. Well, we do. I, I say yeah. all the same shit. I have my repetitive lines. I got my stupid questions I ask. I got my. But I also, you know, like, yeah, I've been like, oh, hey, look at me for like a long time. So. I might as well have a look at me type attitude for, with my social medias, but yeah, the 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 character people. There's a lot of mimicking. There's a lot of copycat, a lot of parroting, and not a whole lot of like unique. But I mean, what's unique nowadays? Well, I don't think. I guess that's not the right. If question, everybody, but. if if there was an a Big Brother AI looking at me and like posting and giving everybody a report, I wouldn't think that the AI would call me a keyboard warrior. Like, I don't think that that's a characteristic of, of me though. Like, I feel like, you know, I have had those moments where I said something wildly outlandish to someone who was creating content or even someone privately in a a DM after I got my ass whooped on a video game or someone else got their ass whooped on the video game. Your mom can go get it. Your dad can get it from me. Like something outlandish, (laughs) like sus as, sus as hell. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's like, you want to be as unique as as you can, even in the shit talk, right? You want to be like, yeah, yeah. You want to take someone and just like get them off of their balance and like, like what have you. And this has like a lot of MMA kind of correlation to it because you want to do something that's gonna surprise them. Something I recently yeah. saw was like boxers who are now punching the elbow up to open up the rib cage. Mm, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. these new like new things that people are the thinking one a couple about. of years ago was pulling the hand down and throwing the hook. Right. Pulling yeah. the hand down and coming across the hook again. Yeah. So, so like your, their guard is up. You're bringing it down and then hit them. You're purposefully just moving their hand and hitting them in the face. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think that and people don't think that's a thing. You yeah, have to learn the, these things though. Oh, you do. And it's not that easy. You can't just move someone's hand up. Like obviously it's, they're yeah. stiff, they're I mean, tight, yeah. they're guarded. And in the moment, but there's are you a, ready for it? There's a finesse to it. There's a, oh, I, he's all right. His hands are moving. I'm going to catch it down and then I'm going to come over with the, you know, it's a rhythm. It's just yeah. with anything. But if you're like... It takes a lot of being in the moment, right? Oh, of course. Of course. And with everything that's going on, I mentioned like that we probably needed to talk about this in the previous uh, conversation. And there's ways to to stack this is with brain injury and CTE, like plaguing sports world. How often are you ready to make those decisions in the third round, fourth round, fifth round? Like how, how is you're just wanting to survive at that state, right? Like you're, the majority of fighters aren't able to like have these computational, you know, actions because they're in, they're both in flight and fight mode. They're like, as, from what certain, I heard, there's certain, uh, cause I do not participate in this at all as a consumer or viewer. There's certain fighters that once they're in the third or fourth or fifth round, mm-hmm. it turns on. It turns on, and yeah. so in the first few rounds, it's not there. Not that it's not there. It's just they're maybe so used to being in the chaotic moment that mm-hmm. that's where they they thrive. They thrive. You know, in they're chaos. real. They're calm. They're comfortable. Dustin Poirier is a great one. Yeah. Although Dustin Poirier is subject to getting tapped out, like getting submitted, mm-hmm. 
and I don't know why, but he gets submitted more than getting like knocked out or slept. Um, but when fights really start getting tough in the second, third round for him, mm-hmm. he turns it on. He almost always comes back, turns it on, and finishes his opponents. Not just takes them to decision. Mm-hmm. Will finish them mm-hmm. because he's so dialed in on, oh, it's danger. I have to now react and finish so I don't get put out. Right. And that's just, it's a weird quality that but he has. But is that has. physical or mental? I mean, a little bit, it's both, obviously, because right. the physical and the mental correlate, especially in a fight. You have to be able to, you have to be able to try to predict moves. You have to be able to focus on what they're doing, register uh-huh. what they're doing, react. Like, yeah. it's just the way. Well, you know, in uh, more most, contact, A lot of things are, sports, anything that's fast paced. That's what I was about to say. Yeah, you're, you have to have that Cause muscle the, brain. In the fighting world, there's not a lot of communication. Because it's all internal. You're just like, you're internally communicating. So nobody's reading your brain, right? Or reading mm-hmm. what you're saying in your head. But like in that's not, so that's football not. and soccer and baseball, or not baseball because it's not really a contact sport, but con- other contact sports, like in the third quarter or the fourth quarter, we're hearing them talk after they've gotten hit, 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 hit. You know what I mean? So we have an idea of what they're saying to themselves. I mean, you do in a... Because if they put a mic on an MMA fighter in the third or fourth round, are they talking out loud Well, enough? they're talking to their... If they've made it that far, right. they're That's talking true. to their corners. I forgot about that. I their corners that. are talking to yeah. them during the fights. Yeah. And what a lot of fighters do will listen to the other corner. The other And so what fights will... And this is... That, all right, we're cool. We're gonna but it almost gives away the secret sauce a little bit. It, when everybody's the exposed, on. there's not really a, spe- a secret sauce when everybody's exposed to it. It's just a matter of who's going to figure out what the sauce is mm-hmm. at what rate. But it's not yes. a secret. It's just a matter of figuring it out. Well, but I mean after the fact. Fair, fair. And you yeah, know. who's who who develops it in the moment, who's real good at doing it in the moment, and who's like just now realizing that lifting the elbow for the body shot's a good thing, right? Yeah. Right, yeah. Um, so... Because communication is key in fights, specifically between the corners and their fighters, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, corners will use code. And so they'll say right. something like, blue, Mary, blue, and that'll mean, you know, hook, cross, hook, right? Or, uh, you know, what's that called? Jab cross. There's a, there's a, oh, what's the name of that? What's the, what's that called when you're using like code. secret code? But it's, uh, oh, anyway, keep going. And so, um, what, Cub Swanson, I used to train with Cub back in California. Shout out to Cub. He's amazing. Featherweight in the UFC. Uh, He just fought at Bantamweight, so he might be staying at Bantamweight. But anyways, uh, his trainer is Greg Greg Jackson, or was Greg Jackson for a while. I think he's uh, at another gym now at Rain or train or something, training center in in California. Uh, Anyways, so he used to train with Greg Jackson and... uh, at one point in a fight after a round, Greg Jackson sat with him in the corner and asked him like a riddle or like a, 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 a trivia question. Mm-hmm. Um, and he made Cub answer it. And other coaches have adopted that. And it's like a mental acuity thing. So yeah. third, fourth round, you've been hitting the head a bunch. I'm going to, you know, maybe during camp, we asked you a riddle and you answered it mm-hmm. you know i'm gonna now ask you that after you've been punched a bunch and yeah. after you're exhausted you're tired just mm-hmm. to make sure that you can still focus right mm-hmm. and that's a huge thing that corners have to do right because you got to gauge if your guy can go back out there and continue to fight there have been some instances where f- coaches have stopped the fights during the breaks during the uh you know 
between rounds yeah. because their fighter's not coherent or their fighter's not communicating how they want them to communicate or how they know that they can communicate. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a sign that it's not going good. Yeah. It doesn't happen too often, but it has. Mm-hmm. And so communication is definitely key. Yeah, definitely. And you, you do see that. You see fighters go, what round is it? You know, you hear that in between rounds. Javante Davis won his fight this past that's what weekend. I was hearing, yeah. And he asked that in like the sixth round or something or fourth round. Hey, what round is it? But people also thought that he like he was paying attention to who was in the crowd. He was lighting yeah. the dude up. He might have just been distracted. Yeah. But still, there's a there's a disconnection there. You don't know what round it is. You're in a fight. Yeah. Also, you're in a fight. Yeah. If you're on fire or if you're getting your ass whooped, you're going to, you know, one of the two instances can cause you to lose track of what round you're in lose track of the Mm -hmm. momentum a lot of fighters will ask who won that round they don't they just know that they're blocking and throwing blocking and throwing they don't necessarily have a perception if they've got an advantage if they're Mm -hmm. winning Mm -hmm. so communication is definitely so the word that this is not the right thing but cryptography keeps coming up like in my mind of like just changing the words to you know uh give off a, a certain message that you know and and the other party knows but that's not the right word i'm looking for but I think, uh, in as a uh, on personally, for instance, the podcast we did previously, I was in that state of it's not it's it's communication, you know, it's uh, not punch drunk clearly because I mean I'm not in any fights or anything like that, but just in the daily life, um, you know, we deal with. Uh, challenges and then you get in situations where you want to bring a lot of value to the table but it then goes into like a very you know uh, basic human um, needs which are food water and shelter and then romance right after that you know and so like you get kind of just stuck in talking about those things and when you talk about like at least in this environment, what gets you to the dance in that regard? Um, I don't know how long I can stay in the, you know, in the light in that regard. Like, I know when I've been in really strenuous situations when either not on drugs, because now it's kind of like talking about like stimulants and fighting, but like as an individual who've got who's gotten in street fights and things like that, I know that after I've been hit three, four, five different times and the fight's been going on for 10 minutes, I'm going to probably be in a situation where I lose because I'm just, like, spent, right? Yeah. I've also been in the other situations where, you know, a miracle happened, you know, like, yeah, yeah. where you get, like, a, you know, clipped them and then it's out, right? Um, and that goes into just business in general. Like, how on your game can you be before it's like, ah, how much am I value am I adding to what's going on here in this conversation? And I think you know, if I if we're talking about perspective on the future, um, you know, maybe we get into what we like and we enjoy, and we can derail from like what is uh, on the macro sense valuable to anybody. Um, and so, uh, I think I am definitely interested in. Uh, the fighting community and what goes on, but I'm kind of like a Dave Portnoy and like that. I only look for the prize fights. They're like the really yeah, entertaining the big names, yeah, big ones. Um, and so I don't really know enough to like really 
gish or gab about like the fact that the WWE was sold to Saudi Arabia. It wasn't actually, you know, or, or invested. It's rumored, it's or rumored to be happening, but it has not happened yet. Well, I know the esports in the esports space. Um, DreamHack was bought by uh, uh, Savvy um, Saudi Savvy Gaming, which is like this. That's not the right name. The name is so difficult for me to remember, but it's SSG is the company, and it's owned by the Caliphate. Yeah. You know, so um, because this is how it is. So ESL Face It was sold to them, and that's like the largest like um, gaming convention, expo, entertainment within the gaming esports space. And now they're in Japan. They're going to be Hyderabad. They're international now. They, whereas they were kind of going, but they were only going in the North America and Sweden a little bit. But now they're big because they now have access to that oil money mm-hmm. and they can go around the world and it's mm-hmm. nothing. It's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Like, and I think that that might be the case. Maybe the reason why fighting and even uh, fake fighting, uh, no offense to those Wrestling. people who yeah, think yeah. like that, but like hasn't had the growth that it has and, and you know with dana and slapping his wife and beating his wife up and 2023, everything 2023 starting off rough for dana White. Yeah, rough for him but you know he made the decision to kind of get investment from the uae and dubai and um it's also it? got the dana white power slap league which debuts next week on cbs <laughs> what a sale yeah for a plug right there uh i mean Weird tangent, but well, I just I'm just kind of talking as like a I'm just a reason why I went that direction is because like I'm a very passive fight consumer. So when you went in on that, I was like, oh, I don't know enough to like really well, you go. You brought the communication up and fighting and communication, and I was like, oh no, yeah, they do actually do that. But what well, what brought the communication up was you brought up head trauma. Yeah, and we were talking about how that. So, well, like, his wears wife got head people. trauma. Oh no! Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Does she does she get you know CTE? Ugh. Damn. God damn it. Anyways, um, going into twenty twenty three. What and do he you, said that that's just what we do. No, he did not say that. He, did not <laughs> he say said that. that he said you know we have gotten in fights before. And, he you said know. that they've had their disagreements. I don't know if he admitted to slap. His mom said that he's been. His mom wrote a book about him back in two thousand eleven uh-huh. and said that they they had been physical several times. His Smacking own mom. Her up, man. Yeah, his own mom. Uh, no, I mean if that book comes out from my mom and my my family, because I, I'm a um, mutual benefit, uh, not a mutual benefit, uh, uh, a mutually. I'm trying to say I slap everyone. <laughs> so <know>? yeah, <laughs> you know, like slap anybody. When I was a kid, now wow. as an adult, that's not happened. But yeah, yeah, yeah. As a kid, you know, you get slapped around by your parents or your brothers or everybody. Everybody's getting it. Everybody gets it. You know, yep. and now once you get an adult, it's like oh, the consequences of you know of it all is like you don't want to be in the position where you're be called anything. Who are you Andrew slapping in, who are you slapping in 2023, Trent? You who am I slapping in 2023? <laughs> who are you hoping? What hmm. entities, human or non-human, are you hoping so we can get on this 2023 road? Bashing people, man. You know, it's tough cuz you know I just bashed Dana White there like a like is that a microaggression to like For state you? the are obvious? You yeah, you're just mad at Dana White cuz he's got millions and millions of dollars in his bank account 
that's definitely a, a case. But like, he's over here slapping his wife on TV, not getting and getting away with it, not getting arrested. Well, he's in Mex- <laughs> he was in Mexico. I can't say that Mexico cares. No, but I, mean, <laughs> I don't think Mexico cares. No, but I mean, like, just, like, there's not there's not a lot of social commentary on it. Either. Oh, that's I mean. That's a topic of 2023, no doubt, is the fact that ESPN... Yeah, they just yep, swept yep, yep, it right up under the rug. Well, he did a press conference yesterday and talked about it publicly and was like, you can't defend oh, me. Oh, he did another press conference because I saw the older one right after. His video thing that he did? No, he was at a press conference uh, like immediately after the, um, the, the situation and, and someone had asked him. So maybe he came back and then did another one. Maybe, maybe. Um, and... He didn't really. It was like next question, <laughs> like, like you know. He didn't really like. Uh, I don't think for me, he didn't do the apology that I think you should do in twenty twenty three. Oh, it's not like, at all. No, and he did his fuck it Friday, literally two days later, three days later, which is his stupid food show. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Facebook or Instagram or whatever. It's wild. And but then oh, again, like to tie that said in, said fuck it. <laughs> to tie that into the fact that. You know what I what I saw is Vince McMahon came back as CEO of the WWE. Uh, he's just he's back on like the board. He's just back in some sort of capacity. I don't think he's necessarily the CEO anymore. Well, he's the guy to slap women around. Like oh I mean, God, he, he, you know, like horrible person. Like he'll slap <laughs> Vince everyone McMahon, around. Vince McMahon. You know? I you know what's on my bingo card for 2023? Vince McMahon croaking. That dude is fucking he's, too old. You think so? Hmm. I mean, he's just too old. He fucking used to steroids back in the day. He looks like death. Vincent Mann looks like death. Hmm. And now he's being um. put back in like an environment that is just chaos and high stress nonstop. He was heavily around. involved with the like XFL year reboot. Yeah, so, and the original. And he, of he course, was, I mean the original. Yeah. But I mean, in the reboot, he was. I mean, from what I hear, they're coming back. Again, supposed to it's supposed to be a like an AFL kind of thing that they're doing. They left because of the pandemic, and then like I don't know, but you know well, they had a successful season. I think they they, did they had like a relatively successful yeah. season, but they yeah. were playing in like high school stadiums. So yeah. I mean, it's weird. Um, that's was going to be tough. So, but to get back on track, like we have some things that up till March are planned, yep. and that's pretty much uh, January, February, March. That's the quarter. You do. You got February with your esports or your e-commerce. Yeah, I don't too. know whether, whether that'll turn into anything, but, you know... Um, and you still got stuff. You got stuff lined up. Yeah, You're and busy. then after March, you know, if we start thinking about, like, Q2, 3, 4, um, it's not set yet, but I think that that has a lot to do with the fact that... You can tell you're a businessman when you think of things in quarters. Quarter. I mean, that's, that's a that's sales tactic. Paid, yeah, that's a sales... Know? Yeah, yeah, it's a... Once it's you a, start doing getting paid in quarters, it's like, okay, now, you, you know, mm. well, that's how the money comes in in quarters, so you have to kind of... You're going to have to figure out how to swim in the lake long enough without drowning. Yeah. Um, and the, the other thing is, is like, where's AI going to be at? Like, what's I mean, the AI, situation? VR, AR. I think those are all the big things that are expected to boot. Well, I just read that chat uh, GP is going to be everywhere this year. You're gonna, everyone's gonna have access to it. And you were talking about yeah, it's the going AI. To iOS. Yeah, you were talking about the AI that can apparently read and respond to like live, live, live audio, yeah, live, live chat. Audio. Yeah, and uh, to I guess live video too. But it's not at the state yet where it's like Sophia the robot. I'm in the yeah. component. I'm in the component. It doesn't make sense. I'm in the 
category mm-hmm. of no, I don't necessarily think we're ever going to get a truly sentient AI. We might have some weird cyborg thing we were talking about where they like intersect and it's human robot, whatever. Right. But I don't necessarily think a computer program is going to become sentient. Uh, and well, the so, question is, is it its own sentience or is it a, another version of humanity? Ex- right. That kind of question, like a philosophical question, where is it really sentient or is it just aware that it exists as a program in a world where, you know, is it just kind of one of those layered things? Right. Mm-hmm. And so as far as like fear with AI and these chat GP and all that kind of stuff, I don't necessarily have a fear of it, but I do anticipate it being a very wild west style scenario for the next decade or however long this boom mm-hmm. is going to take place uh back in 2020 maybe 2019 i had to do a it was 2019 is before the pandemic i had to do a report on uh ethics Mm-hmm. in AI development mm-hmm. and uh, AI production, basically an overhaul on ethical production and use of AI and uh, different forms of, you know, digital integration into reality, if you will. And luckily there are ethics teams that are pretty deeply built into like engineers and uh, tech heads that are worried about code of ethics and how to like manipulate and run these things as they become more uh, accessible and available. Uh, they said that uh, access to some form of AI is going to be available to almost everybody this year in forms of being on phones and you know programs on the computer and the internet and all that. Yeah. Uh, I think you and me were talking about how the creator space where AI songs and lyrics and artwork and things like that that are being generated, that's going to get real weird. Mm -hmm. That's going to get kind of tricky for people, especially for proprietary rights and for copyright issues. And I mean, historically, how are we going to look at great quotes and great pieces of work, musical numbers, art, when it was created by something that didn't really exist, right? Like yeah. that's, I think, what's going to get weird. And I think twenty twenty three is going to be like that match. Well, strike of that where it starts. I mean, because if we're if everybody's going to have access to some sort of artificial intelligence software, whether it be artwork. Oh, I mean, man. I've got Dream, I've got Wabo's Dream or whatever it is on my phone, and I use that for some posts every now and then. I'll throw a couple words in there. It'll create me a dope looking picture, and then and how many people did the face thing? How many people did the, where they scanned their face and it did all the AI artwork, Mm -hmm. you know, and now that's the profile picture. Now that's the, this, that's the, that, like, that's some weird shit. Well, it's already being basically woven into the fabric of like this history, if you want to call it that, but this weird chasm of the 2020s, right? AI has officially, it's landed the 2020s. AI is now here and it's only getting more complex, more integrated, more accessible, all these things. Mm-hmm. And so it's eventually going to be a part of like, it's going to be a part of a smartphone. It's going to be an application. An application is now something in the 2020s that everybody, the 21st century, everybody knows what an application is. You ask somebody what an application was in the 1980s and they would refer like a job application, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so AI is going to become one of those new things. It's going to be a part of the culture, a part of society, or some sort of reality blending thing. Yeah. Do you think AI is a uh, singularity? 
Or do you think it's... Where we're officially connected, right? That kind no, of singularity? No, 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 no. Do you think it's a singularity, like it's one entity? Like all of AI is one thing, like one organism? Mm-hmm. Or do you think that there is deviations of AI where, <clears throat> like... It's interesting. Like, same as hum- human beings, where we are we have our our own individual identities we have our own individual interests and does ai have that and if that is the case um will there be constitutional rights for ai in the same way that humans have constitution or human rights i should say so whether will there be ai rights and if so i'm looking i'm t- i'm talking about in scientific principles about these things but if that's the case will humans limit humans accessibility to ai by uh by saying that certain humans won't have the right to to utilize certain ai and in will they use that to co-opt us saying that uh collectively uh intra like uh can collectively having AI different AIs is a form of AI slavery or like see that's where you that's where it gets weird when that's where it gets philosophical and weird where you start like applying human rights to human traits rights. and rights and characteristics and values well, you're talking about senti- to like AI well I mean because I think that that's what everybody expects out of AI right everybody eventually expects some sort of like I've always thought of the singularity as where we become us in the technical world, AI, whatever it is, that reality, are on the same wavelength, kind of like a transcendence. Did you ever see that with Johnny Depp? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. He reached singularity. He was in the network, yeah. and now that's, boom, we're in the network. We, we're, we've reached a new realm, yeah. a new land, right? Uh, and it's always like... And so I, I think everybody thinks that, that that's going to happen. We're going to become this, right? We're going to be able to download our our intelligence Mm. one day well is that artificial intelligence like what if i put my brain and my thoughts and i just download my memory into a robot into a computer am i creating new memories i'm just a memory in so my intelligence at that point isn't it artificial like you're not creating anything new you're just like this downloaded 99 year old copy of whatever however old i am when i download my brain you know it's just 99 years of like memory and now what's it doing is it just replaying on this weird platform mm-hmm. robot is it is the robot experiencing new things and that's becoming my intelligence you know it's weird i don't necessarily know if we're going to go that route i think right. where it's like a tool like an application right where we're using it kind of interchangeably machine learning is also huge for uh like so- from a software perspective and a development perspective yep. in terms of like apps and uh, applications that'll self-write mm-hmm. code that'll that'll self-duplicate mm-hmm. and self-write itself, which mm-hmm. is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it's gonna self-driving cars, mm-hmm. shit like mm-hmm. that. I think that's where we're gonna see this better use. I think the thing I don't that think we they're gonna, both are curious about. I think what not to derail you or cut you off, but to finish that, I think they are gonna put different regulations, if you will, quote unquote, yeah. doing air quotes here. The lens isn't going to be the lens of where do we apply these rights and these ethics and these laws or regulations isn't going to be on the AI. It's going to be on the people working with the AI. That's who's going to get the rights and the laws and the regulations. 
you know, they're going to have to have their code or whatever. They're regu- Hey, let's see how, what you're doing over here and how it's learning. And they're going to have that regulated, right? That's going to be, that's going to be tough. But right. I don't, how, how do you regulate again, unless this something, unless a computer turns on all of a sudden one day and it's this sentient being and does have its own thing. How do you regulate it? Like, well, this is where it gets you know. to not to mention in 2023, we can barely regulate ourselves. Well, that's <laughs> so what I was. We're going to regulate robots. So the two things that came to mind for me is like, I say participation is key. It's, and especially so in, in engagements with AI. The thing that we start to wonder, you know, is like, what's the consequences that ultimately, um, transpire out of those who participate versus those who do not participate um and then the next thing i was thinking and i've been thinking about this for a while is ai should be able to better understand humans than humans understand humans on an individual level and then ai should should have a better you know uh lens to like place an individual in the job, the dream job that they've always wanted. And, um, and right now job applications are very manual. You know, finding the career is very manual. If there was an AI that could be doing all of the hard work that we are in currently me, you knives, anyone who's a freelancer, anyone who's, uh, unemployed or in a position where they're looking for a, a, a job home, you know, um, I feel like AI should do that for you, you know? Um, and you know, I'm just thinking, I'm not like for certain as to how that works because humans are the biggest of structures in, in workforce, because I was listening recently to like how employers perceive whether or not someone should continue continue working in an employment an employee position as they look at it as if like this is mr beast who said this but like should this person should i continue to incentivize this person versus letting them go their own way because i don't see them being in the in the company for 10 plus years right hmm and so if you're on the bad end of the stick and and someone looks at you and says, you know, gets mad at you out of the blue, they're just going to let you go. I mean, I, I, and so with AI, I feel like it would be a lot easier to just be like, I think there's not concerned about that. I think there's too many people for everybody to have their dream job. There's too many for people one. for everyone to have their dream job. Yeah. And so that people just, there's going to be a certain amount of people who are just not going to have jobs, I think. Not going to have jobs or just going to be in There's bad also people jobs. that don't want to work. Like, there are people who don't want to work that for sure. Just for sure. don't want to work. Those people, the, at least especially the ones with a lot of money, they're you know, always seen as like the ones that everyone wants to work them to work for them. Cuz they see them as like hmm. You know, you get these CEOs that don't do shit. Mm. You know, but because they have a lot of money and they have a certain... Well, they did something maybe, right, to get to that position in the first place. Well, they may but have started off at third perception in life. True, true, true. What, did you start off with uh, some benefit already or an advantage? That's true. Uh, I think that's something that maybe... It's definitely not going to happen this year, but it's probably 
already starting to take place and going to continue to happen. But we're going to see probably some... I know that AI is going to be heavily involved in my business. And we're going to have like automation in large parts of the workforce too. Because I know as a human, I'm struggling to do it on my own. We're going to have... we're going to have automation in a lot of parts of the workforce. I think what we're going to see is like this boomerang effect where, and this is coming from a sales perspective. And that's interesting to hear you say that you think AI is going to better fit people into better in their careers, their jobs, or maybe do a better job. It does sound scary. Humans are going to do. You called humans obstructors in the workplace or in, in, in industry. And that can be true. But I think eventually we're gonna we're gonna miss that. I think eventually, and what made me think about this is my friend Jaime. Shout out Jaime. Uh, me and him were talking back in like September time, uh, and he's in a role where he manages accounts and manages some people under him, right? But he's normal. He's mostly a client facing uh, manager, so to speak. Mm-hmm. The people on his team that he does manage below him are in charge of uh, like placing and receiving orders in terms of client orders, right? They're there to maybe upsell, what have you. He's in sales. That role, the people that he's managing, the role under him, they're planning on automating within two years. And so that role, instead of an actual person going into the uh, the manager of the location and going, hey, you know, you're low on this product, this product, this product, here's what we got. Hey, I've also got this new product. How much do you want this month? Mm-hmm. Right. Or what can we order for you this month? However that process goes. It's just now an application that's going to do that. It's going to tell you how low you are and it's mm-hmm. already going to place your order for you unless you as the manager want to go in and maybe update it and order an extra case here, extra case there. Yeah. You know? And so he told me that and he goes, bro, it's kind of scary to think about because I was just, he was just in this role a couple of years ago and you know, now he's get he's made a lot of money and he was making a lot of money in that role. He makes more money now, but he's like, dude, that's still, that role was still really good money and they're just going to eliminate it. That's scary. Like they're going to just put it into like an application. That's crazy to think about. And I think eventually we're going to get tired of communicating with the apps. We're going to get, ti- we're going to notice, you know, you know how you can tell when someone's face, like we, we're keen on symmetry, right? We can pick up when something's off mm-hmm. a pattern mm-hmm. or whatnot. Mm-hmm. We're going to, I think eventually feel that way talking to a robot. I think we're eventually going to be I'm interacting. The complete opposite. Dude, you don't ever get frustrated on chats. Well, on like, on like the, and you know, it's a, I know I'm talking to some AI chat. I know I'm not getting a real person. That's frustrating. I don't want, why? I just need a person. I need a person to convey like intent. I need a person to convey my emotion or my feeling. Wait till chat, 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 GPT is integrated in all customer service chats. Isn't it GPG? GPT. GPT. What does it stand for? GPT. I'm not, I'm an idiot, but here's the thing. (laughs) Here's the truth. I've been hearing that, you know, you haven't you been hearing about the Google AI that places reservations at restaurants Mm-mm. for people? Mm-mm. So I actually heard this happen for a reservation at uh, at my physical therapist. Okay. What it what it does is it is it's an AI voice bot that calls and places reservations. Google AI directly from Google Maps. Someone wants to uh, place a reservation. They call an appointment, whatever. And it sounds just like a human. And it addresses the other person on the other end that's a human. Hi, I'm an AI. 
but I operate like a human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And what I've been kind of posing that question to my parents, to people that I run by in the, in the streets and stuff like that. And what they say is, you know, we're, I feel like we're going to get to a place where it's like, thank God you're an AI because you're more efficient. You operate faster. You can pull the data that I'm actually looking for. I don't have to wait on hold. It's immediate. And you're able to feed that feed me back exactly what I want. I was asking and your interpolation of my dialect, my colloquialisms is, is, is perfect. Oh, I'm speaking English now. Now I'm speaking Spanish and flipping back and forth immediately without any friction whatsoever because of the speed that they have servers. It's Google. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Becca's doing language Mm -hmm. uh, and she wants to do that like machine learning and language. I said Spanish because it's Texas, but how it can like how Alexa interprets uh, yeah, accent and dialect and yeah. AI is going to be able to interpret that and then respond to Dude, it. Dude, voice assistants suck right now. Alexa or any type of like ring cameras being able to read sign language yeah. also, like yeah. emotions and things like that. Yeah. But haven't you ever been haven't you ever been on one of those because several things the dmv does that now the you know the dmv the yeah the uh that guy's name is i've had to call the california dmv because my car like a lot over the last year and uh yeah that it's a fuck what is his name it's stupid it's like a, a dmv and he goes my name is clip or something like that i keep mm-hmm. thinking of the paper clip yeah from microsoft I get what you're saying. yeah but my name is this and he goes please let me know what you need help with and i'll send you to the right department or i can have my team give you a call back when whatever right and mm-hmm. like you say a phrase awesome here's what i think you got or here's what i think you meant and he'll repeat something is this yeah, what you yeah, need yeah. right and he like but haven't you ever been stuck in one of those no i need this and like you don't you're not saying the proper thing right. because you're not saying the proper well, thing do you think that's because companies are are cheaping out on their ai well, there's also a critical thinking component because I also was in charge of people who had to take phone calls and shit like that. And people are dumb. Like people, people are, dumb, are right? people are dumb. Yeah. Both from a, cons- a consumer perspective and an employee perspective. Yeah. People are just people, and they're dumb. So asking for a representative might be a bad idea in some cases. Um, maybe, but it also might be. You know, it's one of those things. It's a flip of a coin. Like it's, and that's where you you might get a genius that's, that's undiscovered on on the other end. That's where I think the AI is going to fuck us up. That's where I think if you're going to go, if it's a fork in a road mm-hmm. and it can go both ways yeah. where it's good and it's bad, where I think the AI overtake and like, oh, I think it's going to be better to have an AI operator on the phone. The kink in that road is how much the company's invested in their is AI. not being no is not being able to sit there and go, Trent, hey, man, listen, <sighs> had a really tough day can i just please explain to you this like five the emotional situation? component can i explain to you please i just and then i'm hoping you can help me man i've had to call 10 times i don't want to be on hold anymore it's real serious can i get your attention for like five minutes yeah man what do you got i'm here to help you cool get done explaining it and then he's like dude here's what and i did i dealt with this with the dmv granted it wasn't because of their chat ai but i eventually had to get in charge with get in touch with someone who i could email and go, hey, here's all the paperwork I have. Here's this. And fax it to him rather than going through this oh, stupid correspondence yeah. that the DMV and its system, not mm-hmm. just the AI, mm-hmm. but its system. If I go in and I look at the FAQ, how do mm-hmm. I reach this? How do I reach that? Oh, you got to do this. You got to do that. And they kept fucking me because mm-hmm. I'm in a different mm-hmm. state mm-hmm. and they can't correlate mm-hmm. that I'm in a different state requesting mm-hmm. this for this reason. And then finally, some lady is like, hey, email me your documents. I'm going to get in touch with my manager. We're just going to communicate through email from now on. Mm-hmm. 
thank you. She got it done for me in like a week. Chicken wire and rubber bands. That's the problem. All it took was someone to just go, yeah, this is weird that you're experiencing this. Let me do a workaround because I'm a human and I can do those things. Mm -hmm. I can talk to someone and we can make an exception Mm -hmm. and I can help you here rather than an AI having three sets of commands and they can only do those three sets of commands. There's no nuance to do any other command or any other type of solution because it's not programmed that way. Now that's what machine learning is there for. And hopefully that those things can adapt. Yeah. But you know, I think that that's a long way off and I think that dude, I don't think so. I think those little nuances of me just, um, you're not a you, you're not a person. I'm looking at your eyes and it's a glass eye. It's not a real eye. It's not a real, I don't care how much you make it look like a human. Mm-hmm, yes, mm-hmm. Brian, I am your friend and I will protect you. And I will, mm. I'm not a robot. You're not, are you trying? <laughs> and see, that's just, where it's at, dude. Like, like I'm a not Trent. a robot. I, I wish you, I was a robot. That sounds like a really cool thing. You give me a fake Trent? What am I going to oh, What am I gonna do yeah. with that? Yeah. Like, well, that's be, very much virtual. If there's a thing. That's virtual. Yeah, but you can bet your ass, dude. If I'm talking to you, if I'm talking to a virtual you, mm-hmm. I know your messages. I know how you message me and the words and the language you use and how you talk. And we've had miscommunications through text and through like just face to face, right? You can bet your ass if I start talking to a, tr- if I'm only talking to you mm-hmm. for a year mm-hmm. and every single sentence you write is perfect. And mm-hmm. even though you're using your same cadence, you're, you're talking about the same subjects, oh, yeah. you're talking I about things saying. that you and me are familiar with together. Yeah. We've shared experiences mm-hmm. maybe, mm-hmm. right? But every single word is spoke correctly and mm-hmm. every single you know, it's just too robotic. Maybe you're only texting me between this time and this time. Every I'm uh-huh. gonna pick up on something, dude. I'm gonna pick. I'm like, am I even talking to Trent? You right, know, and if yeah. I can't get you on the phone, and I can't, I haven't. Bro, I felt that way I about women forever, heard dude. Trent. Like you're just getting a bunch of women bots, dude. I feel you're like just no, a no, bunch no. Of I Indian mean, dudes. Like, no, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like the Indians on Facebook realize that you like a particular girl, and then they start fucking with your mm-hmm. mind, right? They're sending you like. See, mixed text messages of like the girl likes you she doesn't like you on the phone you're speaking to a robot voice that sounds just like her see I think like, it's I think it's backwards I think I didn't go I don't know about going that deep talking on the phones but I think when you get these like weird friend requests and it's like you know and they go hey new profile upload but there's like a misspelling in there I think that's dude, sometimes I think my mom's a robot because she gets like ugly and I don't think my mom's an ugly person why would she be talking shit to me like I thought thinking like is there like is Russia on the back of this call trying to you know <laughs> does someone have a gun at your head like, like what are you yelling at me like for? what what is going on here and then but then I go and see her and I'm like oh she really is in a bad mood like and, oh, and it yeah, gets worse get and that. worse and worse and it's like oh man like it's it's reality like that's reality mm. but dude with women sometimes on the reality other hand, is saltier than the yeah sometimes reality is too gross and too salty to where it's like oh maybe it should be a robot. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, I mean, like, with your mom's different. You, you treat, you know, people are going to grow up with moms, all kinds of different things. Moms, like, is, is that like an acronym for some sort of robot thing? You know, MOMS, <laughs> the Mobile Operating <laughs> Maternity Service. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dodds, same thing. You know, like maybe that's you know, uh, but like for 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 the aspect of like the intimate por- portion of it, because right now. When I talk to people about AI, they're always talking about it in the intimate component. Like, what relationship? Are you asking it dirty? Are you talking it to it dirty? All these different things. Like, rarely do I hear or talk with someone about the business application of AI. 
virtually I'm Everybody watching Everybody just YouTubers. wants to fuck the AI. They just want to fuck the AI. <laughs> you know? Everybody They're just, just waiting until the they AI. can get the, it's you know, quote. the 12-inch sure Max Steel robot. Oh, my God. In, Here we go. Or uh, the Pamela Henderson, you know, robot in that just does it the way that you always wanted it and doesn't, uh, you know, uh, disagree in any way, never screams rape, never calls uh, foul play. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, so, just the subservient robotic But maybe AI some people slave, yeah. want the more aggressive robot that does so That pulls her hair and that... That does those <laughs> sort of things, you know? Chosen but anyway, back to reality. When I was younger, Please, I did feel that um, like somehow the women that I was interested in weren't really the meat that something else was co-opting the text messages something else was co-opting the the, vi the phone calls because why are they being so ugly and and dismissive but then you start to realize once you get older it's like that's just the way young girls are because of their marketability to in in the in anyway we're going back down that road of the last of podcasts no you're good you know um To agree with you in, in in the sense that the the chicken wire and, and and rubber bands of so many companies look the FFA F, FFA the FAA completely went down like twice now right because of one program. Uh, the initial thing was Southwest. Southwest well, that was, was the around Christmas. One, I'm talking about the FAA. Uh, it's gone down twice now. I thought they fixed it. I thought they were it back went, in the air. It yesterday. went back up and then it went back down again. Oh, I don't know about. I know. And I know that yesterday it was down for hours and people were like, maybe oh, it was all in the same day. But um, it's so preposterous that that situation would happen because you think that AI would be handling the handling all of that and patchworking all the issues that might or might not be happening in a given day because, of course, you don't want you know, a plane landing head on with a plane ticking off yeah. or two yeah. planes going in the, down the same flight path. And then, uh, because what are they saying? The FA, uh, the, um, they're trying to push for one pilot, one plane. You've been hearing that one pilot in the plane, one pilot, one plane. I mean, what's okay. Yeah, I guess. It's, I'm sorry. Yeah. That sounded like a, a campaign one pilot one plane <laughs> yeah or one pilot in the plane right so is there um, a cup and a girl involved too? one pilot one cup one, one girl pilot, one, one plane, plane. <laughs> two pilots one plane maybe they all maybe all pilots do become female you know and then it's like one plane one, one pilot you know? oh, no. but yeah i mean the airlines see pilots as being expensive and they want to basically cut costs by mm -hmm, having mm -hmm. only one pilot on but the pilot the backup the co-pilot for what for the whatever the co-pilot is supposed to make sure that the main pilot doesn't go out like it like, like yeah. it happened yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. recently where the guy just died um in a uh, american eagle uh flight that was american eagle well, American, American Airlines. No, American Airlines, but they're the short flights. They're the smaller Eagle flights. Are yes, American right. Eagle. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and so, um, what in the world is going to happen if the well, our planes American. aren't that autonomous? They're not going to take a fifty foot dive in order not to cl crash, right? You uh, know, like no, that's what that's what happened uh, last year on the plane that went down. 
it just it, it like decelerate it thought that something it was gonna happened. hit something and it decelerated and uh i think it something happened mechanically that made it think it was at a different elevation and immediately correct itself but it wasn't at a and so it corrected itself when it didn't need to and nosedived it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they have the footage of the nosediving the two like the Malaysian flights, I think they were the Malaysian flights, but the ones that happened like several years ago, maybe 2018 or 17, those were, I think, similar things. And it's because they didn't update their operating system. And what had happened is they were going at an altitude and it read it at the system had a malfunction and read it at a different that's altitude the, and it nosedived. That's it, the dark the side of all of this. Whenever you can't. Is AI going to just afford, lock you out? Yeah, you can't afford the upgrade. Well, I mean... No, it's like you are you know as a human being you can correct the situation. Oh, yeah. But yeah. the AI says, no. input error, input error, yeah, no yeah. correction. Yeah. Locks you out. Yeah. You just can't do That's the real fear of it. That's what's happening with the Teslas, right? People are behind the wheels and they're just speeding. They're just speeding off. Like, did you see the one? And you can't stop it, in, press the brakes, nothing. Like, it's There's just, one in China, and it's a white Tesla. And because China's got cameras everywhere, you can follow this thing in it for uh, like a mile, just speeding. And they think that like the dude's asleep, but you can see in like certain parts of the footage that he's like, he's like looking, like he can't stop it. He's awake and he cannot stop it. And it just accelerates into a building. It hits a car and crashes into a building until it physically has to stop because it's being damaged. God. Yeah, bro, it's crazy. You know, and what do you do in those situations when you are capable to take over and you can't? Because there's this, yeah, there's this virtual lock or this weird. That's where I'm like, mm, we're going to, we may, the pendulum's just going to swing back and forth. It is. We it, are going to go to the yeah. AI side where it is completely. But is it better taken. because, like, in regular world, like, the parts just break down and it's just. It is made of chicken wire and rubber bands, and it's just a byproduct of the way that we inefficiently did the construction. You know what? It's a, we don't have the Egyptian sound molding stuff we used to have in the in the past. There's potato too many battery people in or the whatever. world, whatever the case may be. But with AI, it just gets efficient, and we do have these incidents where one person is sacrificed for the greater good. Did you a movie that holds up so well, so well? And I watched it back in September. I Robot. I love the movie, but it's uh, you holds know, up I so like... well though, because that's a very real. They were created for convenience, right? They were created for to make our lives easier. Mm-hmm. And granted, it's sticky in that they're walking, talking robots, yeah. and they seem to have like personalities, right? But that was the concept to it. Brilliant in that they have the three rules. They can't harm themselves. They can't have, harm humans. And they can't do anything that contradict with the first or second rules. It's this weird like, yeah, right? And then, But even then you see holes. I, I don't know the exact rules, but it was, they can't do any harm to humans. Yeah. They can't do any harm to themselves or to another human on command of a human and yeah. they can't do anything that contradicts the first two rules or some shit like that go will smith yes yeah, chris it. rock live first ever live i think ever on netflix first ever live stream on netflix the new chris rock special what coming about? back from the slap oh okay what the is, slap what does will smith have to do with it he's the one who slapped chris rock okay is he gonna be involved in the new no thing? i mean it's the it's 
it's he's going to address. Okay, you the said slap. you said Will Smith, Chris Rock. I thought they were doing like a sit down. Or I something was shit. doing like a conspiracy, surely, you know, uh, you know, a link. link You're linking. This, don't. Link yeah, no, 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 no. The same. The Alex Jones Will show. Smith slap Chris Rock. The same Chris Rock is going to do the first ever live stream Comedy. on Netflix. Yeah, yeah the live stream. So everyone's going to tune in. We're going to see what live video can do on Dang. Netflix. I think he's got a banger of a Dude, fucking joke. Dude, it's gonna joke. be a banger. I heard he's on fire. Rogan said he was on fire. So, if this is Rick Fox or Red Fox, you know, like every single the best comedians that like if he brings. I mean, everything, Chris Rock. Chris Rock was. Chris Rock has already been at the when like in the fucking what did his special in 98 or whenever he dropped it when he's in the full leather suit yes and talking about no sex in the champagne room then he had the song he wrote the fucking song or did the song no sex in the champagne room and had like his whole fucking cd off of it like damn he's been at the at the fucking top chris rock has been at the fucking top and he had he i mean yeah he's had a resurgence over the last couple of years before the fucking slap obviously he was hosting the fucking awards to begin with well whenever so he the was goat on the climb out whenever was it Chappelle gave him a goat, right? On stage. Or something, yeah, yeah. And then some guy jumped on the stage and ran after Chappelle or something like that. And he was No, that was at Chappelle's comedy. That right. was at Chappelle's stand up thing. When the dude rushed the stage. One, Chappelle. Two, Chris Rock. Are you ask are you ranking top, them? Top five black comedians. Why black? Why are we black? Well, because they're black. Well, not top five comedians. Chappelle and Chris well, then Rock you're a different story because then you have to do other comedians. I'm just saying, black comedians. They're probably the top two comedians. One, two. Not even. No, 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 no. I think Chappelle's probably. You have Ricky Gervais. You have Gervais a bunch of other like comedians if you go out of their category. I mean, Chappelle's probably the best. He's on of all fire, time. right? I mean, Richard Pryor. You can't you can't really beat the Chappelle show in terms of like just shit that still holds up and is still fucking hilarious. Plus at the time it was fucking brilliant. Uh and yeah, he's still I mean he's still funny. I don't know if he's still he's still not his baby in the club funny, you know. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Selling weed. He's not he's not that He hasn't been that. Yeah, what is the go out there and be somebody like that shit the when he's making in fun when he's making fun of uh not George or fucking beyond the fucking Democrat that we're gonna take Iowa, we're gonna take Wisconsin, and we're gonna take them all. And he does like his little yell, like that Chappelle, Clayton Bigsby, uh-huh. prime. The Rick James shit. Uh-huh. I mean, that's all the funniest shit of all time. He's mm-hmm. the best. But right now, I mean, he's still pretty funny. I like. I loved his, uh, you know, the most recent one he did where he was doing the trans jokes. I didn't think they were that bad. Uh, I thought his SNL skit was good. When you can stay relevant and you're still being funny and like, I know a bunch of people hate him, but whatever. Yeah, Cocaine Baby. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, But, I mean, yeah, I think that as far as social commentary in the stand-up medium, this Chris Rock one's going to be. Dude, I'm excited for whatever joke he's got. I mean, I hope he's going to have a banger. I you no know, one's ever done that. The, the, what he's about to do. Netflix is the biggest platform right now for stand-up comedy. And they're going to go live. live with. I don't. What's I, the date? From of what it, I you understand, know? no, I can't remember the date. Can you, uh, okay. Young Jamie? Young <laughs> Jamie. Uh, I think you know. From what I understand, it's it's live, live. 
yeah. not like pre-recorded then they push it live yeah like a youtube live yeah, yeah. but uh yeah I, I i mean if he's like on it and not missing no no like no fuck ups or anything like that like cuz that's the thing like is he is he like what kind of, in the moment where he he kind of misses something is there going to be crowd work cuz you, you know you work on the crowd when you can't remember the the next segment of the joke um but you know there's no according to CNN doesn't look like there's a date yet it just says early 2023 oh i thought and that it was, was like as of november maybe april but um as of december 20 as of christmas day it says oh yeah march 4th comedy mm-hmm. special which will take place march 4th chris rock is one of the most iconic important comedic voices of our generation said yada, yada, yada live on netflix yep so for the first time ever netflix is streaming a massive global event live the new chris rock stand-up comedy special will take place on That's march 4th so nuts cat williams has been they didn't, killing it though cat williams last one was god awful god you thought awful it was, it was oh bad. it was bad bro it was so bad i mean he's it's selling interesting out, but, I mean, interesting that they're not letting or that Chappelle's not doing the first ever live with how much of a poster Netflix person Man. he is. And for them to say they'll never not do a Chappelle stand-up. He, whatever, if he, as long as he wants oh, to work no with Netflix. Yeah, yeah. As, yeah. Long as, as long as he wants to work with Netflix and will keep working with him, the homeboy said he'll keep working with him. Mm-hmm. And so for him to not do a live one, that's interesting. Because he's, you think. I don't know if he's ever, I've never like really picked up on whether he does good live shows never seen him live or anything like that i know of people who have but uh Chappelle live yeah i saw him when he came out here with uh yeah some when was he came there moody was it the, did it have the same feeling without editing um what do you mean editing you know because he'll do multiple shows and then splice it all together in one oh one take for a lot you only do that when you're making like an album a special like a, yeah, yeah yeah and so but he just came. Oh, he actually might have. I think it was for the one he filmed here. Actually, mm-hmm. um, that was good. He was great. He had Donnell Donnell Rawlings open up for him. He was really good. funny yeah, too. Was funny. Yeah. Um, and he just he wasn't even really. This was what back in twenty seventeen or eighteen, so he wasn't even like going too hard on like the tranny shit. He mm-hmm. wasn't being too like. Yeah, I call it defensive. Because he talks mm-hmm. about it openly yeah. now, and so I, I, it's a defensive routine that he's got going on, but mm-hmm. it still ca- can be funny. There are some of it where he, and that's another, that's where I don't want him. I do love Chappelle. I, I think he's the goat, one of them. Mm-hmm. He's top three, hands down, and I'm having to dig in my brain right now to think who the other two may be. Um, but I don't want him to. I don't want that to be his new thing, where he calls out Netflix and like he leans leans into the tranny shit just to ruffle feathers you know like Mm -hmm. keep your jokes funny know that they're funny and like don't beat a dead horse Rogan hasn't done a new special in a while Uh, since I think 2019 people think Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer are up there a little little loud and different can be obnoxious at times i would like to see a joey together, diaz oh joey diaz is hilarious i'd like to see but him. joey diaz ain't doing no 
full time cocksucker. He's gonna fuck it. No, he ain't doing. He's, he's never. I don't about. think he's ever done a special. Oh, he's done specials before for Netflix. Oh, not for Netflix. I don't know. I don't think for Netflix specifically, but he did. He did Comedy Central. Yeah, a few he's different got things, a couple but he half did the hours. Open mics. He's got a couple half hours. He did his. Um, pretty sure he's got. He's got something. He does have. A, he has mm. at least. I heard Eddie Murphy's doing all right, but he, he's just not. You know, he, I haven't seen any specials, but uh, you know, um, Ralphie May, man, yeah, two thousand piece though, two thousand sixteen, socially unacceptable, is the name of Joey Diaz's special, but it was from two thousand sixteen. It was a while ago. Hassan Minaj, he's up there for me. Uh, I think he's funny. He's pretty funny. Um, us as uh. uh, uh uh, a season sorry on season sorry he's done some really good uh good like indie style stand-up comedy i feel a season sorry and i'd like to hear from him again um i think that wraps up the comedy as far as what we know so far um what do you think music are you anticipating anything because i've been kind of not I want to, man, 2022 for me, music, I was definitely more into hip hop than like the metal world. There are a couple uh, heavier metal related releases that are coming out this year. Invent Animate, who's one of my favorite bands, has an album coming out this year. Uh, I believe Silent Planet is doing another album this year. Thrice is expected to do another album this year. So I'm pretty hyped for those ones. Uh, I was talking to JJ. I want to do hard. I want to try to get some sort of pass for hard, maybe press passes or something and do hard summer so i've been listening to a lot of a lot of house lately a lot of dance and a lot of hip-hop but yeah i don't know what to really expect for 2023 in terms of music uh there's a couple bigger festivals that are going on obviously hard i want to go to the when we were young is having green day and blink 182 play which is supposed to be a pretty big deal yeah you know those are two huge bands obviously yeah. um that's going to be in october you know, I'm moving more like a quarterly uh, pace, you know, to, yeah. that's where the seasons kind of yeah. like I was telling you about uh, March, looking forward to March and doing this with you. That project's mm-hmm, going to mm-hmm. be fun for sure. It's going to be nice to get out and do another thing with you and just get something going and see people going to do South by volunteering for South by. So yeah. going to try to do as much as that, as much of that as I can. Yeah. Uh, more of this, you podcast. know, 2023 is definitely going to have more podcasts, content. more content in general. Um, me personally, I'm going to be working out a lot more, just yeah. staying focused on the training, staying focused on staying busy. Yeah. Going to travel, travel home, hopefully more often. Um, is there a soundtrack you're going into the year with? No, but I think I, so I did a 2022 playlist last year and yeah. I just, all the new releases I just added to the playlist. Right. We talked about this. Yep. And so I'll do that again. Um, That'd be cool. I like doing that as well. I'll have some, you know, stuff to look back on. I did it specifically for our road trip at yeah. the end of the year and we just had like, you know, 40 plus hours of music to listen to. It was yeah. All, all new music, nothing that was going to be old or repetitive. I think uh, for me, I want to hear from, I want to hear from Post Malone. Um, I want to hear from <laughs> my sister sends me a text the other day and she's like, I'm really getting into Post Malone. <laughs> I was like, I gotta go gross. <laughs> you don't like Post Malone? And she goes, not like, well, I mean, no, it's not that I don't like him. I just, uh, it's not. So fun fact about him. He was going to, tr- he tried out 
for guitar for a mm-hmm. metalcore band. Yeah. And uh, didn't make it. One of his strings broke, and he didn't get accepted for it. But then mm-hmm. look at him now. He's like on top of the world, right? On top so, of the world, yeah. Do you imagine had he joined that band and just been a fucking noob, a loser? The band's not the best. Hmm. You know, we never know. You never know. Uh, but Post Malone's cool. I just, you know, not necessarily. I forgot you are a big Post Malone fan. You were jacked when Bentley and Bentleys and... Uh, Beer Bongs and Bentleys, yeah. Bongs that Bentleys was fun. Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were Hollywood's hyped for dead that. was forgot. good, too. Yeah, I forgot that you were yeah. hyped into that. Yeah, dang. So he is he is dropping something this year? I don't know. Um, I, I don't pay attention much to what's going on, but if it does, I'll listen to it for sure. Kanye dropped something. That might be weird, but, you know, <laughs> be interesting to hear it. Um, I don't think music's on his radar. I don't need radar. to hear from Drake, really. No, especially not after what he just did. No, I don't really wasn't need anything, to. Wasn't anything Don't need special. to hear, necessarily. I'm tired of, like, in general, gun bars and, like, people doing anything that's going to be murdering other people. You know, like, I'm just mm, kind of done with the that. The violent shit, yeah. Yeah, I'm not into it. I mean, that was such a... It was, that, like, a whole that, growing up. That was a weird phase where, like... My whole growing up. I mean, in general, violence and rap and hip hop is is always there. But the fact that they were having like actual like X rated and then Bobby Schmurder and mm-hmm. like actual criminals just in prison rapping, yeah. and like you know, phoning it in literally. Yeah. Um, which is weird. I think that because there's been different iterations of like what stands out or what's really popping in like the underground hip hop world, and that yeah. was a weird trend for a while where they were just hiring like murderers. You know, I'm into country music, thing with, so that's another thing, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Did you see the? I think they just announced Stagecoach. Did you see the lineup for that? Dude, that sounds super bohemian and hipster to me. Oh, the whole Stagecoach thing. It's the most fun. I want. I'm looking forward to uh, potentially the two step in that's coming to coming oh, to town. Oh yeah, that you were talking. It's like about. a mix up hip hop country thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, that sounds like something that might might be interested in, and hopefully they don't do some bullshit because. The the ticket prices made no sense to me. No, they're but, wild. Yeah, they're just weird. And, and I don't who's get playing? It. Fucking Diplo and T Pain and the more like urban side, and then like some some moderately known like kind of bluegrassy country yeah. artists. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm into like the whole singer songwriter direction that's coming out of Nashville um, with the um, Hardy and um, Nashville's booming, dude. Yeah, Boom. so many. There's like three people I know personally out here that are moving to Nashville. I even like like, uh, and this is the problem when you start talking about country. People think you're like, you go down like a racial, <laughs> you know, a racial route when you start talking about like Upchurch and and uh, talk about uh, Jelly Roll and those guys. Yeah. Um. You know, cross crossing the blend between hip hop and country. That's what I kind of grew up on. So I mean. Colt Ford and and all those folks and um, so like it's it's interesting to like it's interesting when like rhyme R and B rhythm and blues and and, and hip hop and rap and all these things uh, do gender or gender uh, why did I say that genre genre blending <laughs> why am I why am I talking about gender <laughs> I, I, I didn't say gender I didn't say nothing Are you misgendering my gender no 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 no, no. genre blending. <laughs> Um, and it's gendering my music. It's interesting. You know, that, that whole hate for other genres of music comes from the underground, but once people really make it, they're like, Oh, let's Jay Z with a country artist. And you know, like the top hip hop artists and rappers are all like, 
doing like collaborations a, and working together. It's a mature writing country music, writing rhythm and blues, writing well. You kind of think you, uh, kinda, you think that like hard rock and metal and shit. There was definitely racial barriers that made that the way it was for years, right? Like when yeah. Walk This Way, Run DMC, and fucking yeah. Aerosmith came yeah, true, out. That true. was boundary breaking, right? Yeah. Rap and rock, and yeah. especially with. Uh, rap or hip hop, if you will, at that time mm-hmm. being, you know, fairly new, right? Came out of the seventies, so it wasn't, you know, uh necessarily I mean black folks are killing the country game. Like oh, yeah, yeah, killing yeah, Dax. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Uh Kane Brown. It's sick. The South. Like, like well, yeah, yeah. But they but it was very much like and not bluegrass. they weren't like there were not black country music singers. There weren't. There weren't now for a while. it's like almost fifty fifty, even maybe yeah, even more. Uh, and so that comes with the just the barriers breaking down. I think is there's TikTok really did it. The social added a lot to it. The social little Nas, his little collab that he did with. I mean that just that that's debo- that's debauchery. I had to delete anything. I thought I didn't know like that's what he represented. I don't fuck with any of that. Like the whole devil shit and all that other type of shit. Like, I don't think it's real. I don't dude. fuck with that. Well, I don't even fuck with that. Like you do that type of shit. Even if it's fake. Even if it's fake, I don't give a shit. Like you're wildly dumb. Like weird. Like not my shit. Is like, that like a really? Nah. That's Why? trash. Garbage. Why? Garbage. Where does this? Where does this? Now, if it's like super, like that's what you do. Like deep metal type shit. Like Slipknot and things like that. Like that's on. That's cool. But the way he does it, fuck that. No, no. Fuck with that. I don't fuck with How that poppy bullshit, like Illuminati, like gay, like get into the industry because I'm gay. I don't fuck with that shit. It's mm. just, that's just whack. It's just whack. It's like, it's what everybody thinks what it takes to be successful. Like, you know what you I mean? You think he only sold albums because he's gay? No, no, no. I, I, I think that people want that. There are people who want that thing, and I'm, I don't fuck with that. Mm. I, at first, I was like, dope, a song that's kind of country, kind of rap, and then to come find out it's about riding dick? Like, what? That fucks with everybody. Mm. Well, you know, like, it just sounded like a wholesome song, you know, that your kids could listen to, your family, you could play it at the barbecue, but then you get this context from the artist, and it's like, See, fuck I think that's that, like that's a whack. Mis- I don't fuck with that. Did he actually say that's what Oh, yeah, about? he came out and said that shit. Did he? Yeah. He came out and said, like... I sure he wasn't joking. I just to piss people even, like you even off. Even if he is, <laughs> even if that's the case, <laughs> even if that's some the case, ruffle feathers. <laughs> even if that's the case, then fuck that dude. Uh, but that's funny. He can eat the dick that he's eating. You know, like, like that doesn't. Funny like, though. It's nothing wrong with being gay, right? But that's sort of like what I think. Flaunting a lot of, it, flaunting a lot it of conservatives like are like, yeah, keep your sex life, in you know, in private, and unless it's like you know mainstream kind of what mainstream is is heterosexuality De- any deviation just keep it private don't you know don't like disturb that for the purpose of being like the class clown or something like that okay but anyway what what's going on well i mean he has his own uh, genius lyrics video where he talks about the lyrics to that video and what yeah. it's about and he doesn't imply that it's about writing dick at all well maybe genius is censoring that but he said it in videos it's a video of him talking about the song and what it means well maybe that's been censored but he has spoken interviews specifically about it being a homosexual references 
Are you sure? You can type in in the Google search. That's right. Nas X, homosexual references. Well, yeah, because <laughs> people are going to make connections to it. No, them. he said. But that's not the the necessarily the the sword that I'm dying on. I understand. I'm saying that. that I understand that. I just find it kind of outlandish that he would say that that's what it's about. I'm not a fan. That's all. I'm saying. That's fair. That's yeah. fair. That's I'm not a fan of the. I'm not a fan the, of the music the at all. It sounded like the you shtick. were being. <laughs> well, no. What's funny is that like that song's not even the worst of it. The song "Industry Baby." With him and Jack Harlow, that's all about being sus, right? That's the whole point of the song. His um, innuendos and, and underlying tone in uh, Old Town Road, oh, initially it was like, oh, cool, guy made a country song that sounds like a hip-hop song that's actually pretty decent that went mainstream. And then to come out after the fact and do all this this stuff to diminish the, the wholesomeness of the song, that's the... the, the the, the problematic pro, the problematic aspect of it all, and yet, there's what it has done is actually, um, you know, which is probably a good thing. I'll I'll, I'll do play devil's advocate here. It has allowed a lot of gay men to open up and go to country clubs and dance and be gay and do all all the things that they want to want to do, you know, in a more public setting. You know, um, that's everyone's prerogative in today's day and age. But for me, I'd rather not participate in that environment. And that's fair. You know, that's fair. And, and you so, definitely don't want to be forced to participate in environments that make you feel uncomfortable. Such. I don't necessarily know if, uh, if he actually did say that that's what it was about. Although I do think that people definitely put different narratives on songs and things like that, especially when it can be. I mean, do your own research. For lack of a better word. If you agree with me, you don't agree with me. You can find it. You can't find it. You know, it's out there. And I I know from my lived experience that the words came out of little Nas X mouth, that the song was about homosexuality and how, you know, riding a horse was a homosexual reference. Okay. Uh, Either way. Yeah. And that's where I think that can be kind of tricky too is, is it why are we listening to the music? Are we listening to the music for that art versus artist idea where, you know, it's only music and we can't take, we can only take it at like face value. We shouldn't read into it. And when an artist does come out and actually tell you what a song is about, uh, you know, are you then supposed to change your interpretation of it and what it means to you and how it, you know, all those kinds of things. So, but you, it, it opens up a door to, to, uh, a whole nother, perspective on the type of people that are listening to the, that music you know and um well music's also out- a gateway man music is also such a powerful tool and such a powerful source for people to just feel inspired and motivated yeah and at the end of the day it's also objective so it's not you well can't it's, really I, 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 I guess you can juxtapose my like dis, dislike of that to the the whole violence component like i'm The violence component, I would probably have been, I I have less of a, you know, an apprehension to it than the gay stuff. And, and, you know, that probably doesn't make any sense because it's like love and hate or, you know, but people are more likely to listen to the violence than they are to the, to boy loving and, 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 
you know, pedophilia that's associated with the music that these people make that are, that if you, if you're going down the gay route, a lot of the times, if you're in the darker side of music, you also go down the the pedophilia route, like a Lady Gaga, or like. What did Lady Gaga do? Well, she's using boy love and girl love symbols on her albums and her merchandise. The whole spiral thing and the pizza sign and all uh, these. See, you don't things. think that's conspiratorial? You it, don't think that it's a? She's expressing art, like, but there's a darker side to expressing art at times. But who's making it darker? Well, she's intending to make a conditioning. Like, she's conditioning this idea. That's her intentions? Whether it be that the the end result be pedophilia, it's an expression of pedophilia. Whether she's cognizant that it is pedophilia and using it in her art form. She is? She knows? Like, for a fact? My interpretation and what I And what's, like, a weird, like... Well, why would she just be randomly posting these figures... You know what I mean? What and is then it, mentioning pizza? Pizza is actually a very marketable logo. No, not pizza, but the the chip. There's I don't like know a. Know what you're talking about? Yeah, if you I don't, don't know, know the then yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, know. Not, That's a whole other thing. I guess I'm just asking. Like, I think that people do see things like the Balenciaga thing, right? That was kind of like the FBI pushes out and has documentation on known organizations that have symbol symbolism you can look that up if you believe them you believe them if you associate that with what lady gaga is doing there's the correlation it's like but right in your correlation face. isn't causation though and that's a no that's great I, example I, I, did, of, I said that it doesn't mean that she's a pedophile or anything but she is right. promoting and marketing on mass scale symbolism that's directly related to to pedophilia so you when, when, how is at it what directly you, related though? That's where I guess I'm confused. Because it's it. the exact symbol. Who's uh, the official symbol? Like there's an official symbol? Well, by the FBI, these things are correlated with. That's my point though. Are people just saying, oh, that looks like the Pizzagate thing? Like that was all just like a random correlating different symbols and shit within <laughs> a pizza place. And then there's a uh, fucking. What is the saying? Um, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck. But that's not no, that's not the same thing though. You're saying sentences that maybe make sense to what you're trying to prove, but it's sh- if s- I use if I use if you're uh, a million dollar artist, right? You can make any decision you want. I don't understand why and people that, are coming to you with. Let me different- ask you this: this why is that? Why is there this cop out for for people like that? But then when it comes to Andrew Tate being locked up, and every single news article says he's a misogynist and that he's a sex tra- trafficker, why is it that? they don't apply that same innocence until proven guilty aspect to individuals like that. But when it comes to uh, these artists utilizing, am I fucking retarded? Like using symbolism that's known by the FBI to be ways that pedophiles communicate with each other. Can I kind of break it down for just like a second? Uh, It's one is assumption based I think symbolism things like like okay I don't know what symbol you're talking about as far as the FBI knows that it's for pedophilia and Lady Gaga's taking that symbol and now actively using it uh, but in the case of like Andrew Tate there's footage of him physically abusing people there's footage of him well that came out to be not true what do you mean the woman that they that 
was in the video with him being abused that he was abusing. Yeah, they were having pet play and understand BDSM yes. and a bunch of different things that they were yeah recording to actively recording. Right, right, right. But so. you're. Well, no, no, no. Dana but, White was slapping bitches in Mexico. Like, I yeah, mean, yeah, and I, there's a total difference. <laughs> my point to the trafficking thing was there's at least some sort of like physical proof, not necessarily the BDSM video, but there is the. If he's slapping his wife, he's also slapping random girls down the street. Like, we're talking about Dana White. Yeah, I'm just saying that. Like, I'm I'm making the argument so that that's not the thing we stick on. That I said bitches being his wife. Oh right, no, like, no, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, you know. I'm just the Lady Gaga to Andrew Tate thing is like one is very assumptive. You assume that these symbols mean these things, and then like the FBI, really, the FBI is just letting the information that they know out to the general public. Like you know what the FBI knows, and those symbols are real, and those symbols are do mean what they mean. And then Lady Gaga also knows this and is making that conscious decision. Like yes, those are the symbols I do want to use. Like what? Like, I don't. I don't see that being the case there. I don't. Also, don't see. I don't think. I don't know much about the Andrew Tate situation, but from what I can gather from it is that he's in a situation of like power and he probably manipulates a lot of people. If he's actually sexually trafficking these people and exchanging money for the exchange of people, who knows? Different things can be interpreted well, as sex the, trafficking, the, right? Yeah, that's the one thing that's so wildly And he's the one that called the attention to the Balenciaga thing, using the weird shit that they had and forcing them to take their shit True. down, right? And everybody's going after them. A lot of this shit is just... Well, he wasn't the one. He was just one of the things. Like, they're just things that look similar and maybe have weird you know what I'm saying you can't which is why the stance on the little Nas X thing is weird like he's act, out here actively promoting some well, type of like well then I just don't like, like him because he's a fool homo that could be okay that, okay that's I not mean, what you that's not no but that <sighs> behavior and the things associated are what make him the fool so that's the thing okay so yeah. foolish I mean, behavior I guess no he's a fool like label for me maybe yeah. not for you that's all right yeah, no, I get it. Foolish behavior. I get it. it makes sense. Makes sense. Definitely. Um, but, I mean, I'd, I can't, I'd, I'm tired of, and this applies to everything, going around in life and, like, people, like, just, and this is not, I'm not saying this is what you're doing, but, like, um, not calling a spade a spade. Right, and then when things aren't the well, way that it why is, is it, it's an opinion you have. It's not. I, I a think spade. people hold the. I, you see a when, spade, it's a spade. When but an a opinion lot of is people hold the, hold the same belief about the way that people express themselves, or and, and let's just say it's an expression, but let's say it's taking it to the next level after expression into action. Like there are things that I do as expressions, like maybe you can. You can twist the thing into into a hatred of of gays just because I said that. Or you clip it out of context when I did say that. Do you? But do it in private. That's a, that's a difference than yeah. Outright hate. hatred. Right. 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 right? Yeah. Um, There's nuance there. What I'm getting at is like it doesn't it doesn't make sense when the people that when you when you're doing your best to perceive reality and then there's a group of of people out there that are doing their best to to just like make reality as confusing as possible like there being no like this means this isn't reality already confusing though 
There's yeah, different I mean, levels and filters of confusing, but I don't think that there's necessary. I don't think you're ever going to be insulated in an area where you have this um, confirming idea of how the world's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, the, the, it's, it's interesting because, you know, as a, as a Christian in faith, there are all these, these message, the messaging of what truth is mm-hmm. that's misconstrued in so many different ways. Like the fact that, you know, this um, imagery of knowledge being a sin in that we weren't supposed to consume knowledge through the tree of knowledge. Um, and then yet at the end, we are forgiven for consuming knowledge and we are now like, it's acceptable for us to pursue the truth. But then at the same time, you're condemned for pursuing the truth and the truth isn't the truth, but it might be the truth. Yeah. Isn't that confusing? (laughs) Talk about reality being being confusing. Isn't like faith confusing? Isn't the very fabric of like foundation and societies like confusing, you know, like you're not supposed to do evil or sin yet. Everybody's forgiven. Isn't Isn't that confusing? Like in the case that you are a Christian. I mean, if, if not, you follow I mean, that, right, right. If you, I don't know if there's another deep, like I guess Muhammad for um, yeah. Islamic faith for Jews. There's never been a Messiah, so you know um, they don't have the same, you know, uh, forgiven for your sins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Understanding of component. it, but that in of itself even adds layers to the confusion because now there's different religions with different rules and different beliefs. Right, right that's yeah. also confusing. And so I don't th- again, I don't think you're going to have this insulated, like the goal at hand is for you to have things, I guess, make sense for it to not be confusing for you. You want things to make sense and you're going to do your best to for make me. them make sense for you. Right, right, right. You're, you're going to look for the things that confirm your own ideas and your own beliefs, which is, that's a real thing. People look for confirmation bias on a regular basis. Well, that's where I don't like that terminology, confirmation bias. Um, because it's, I am pursuing the truth, not confirmation bias. But what are you confirming? Some sort of truth, right? You're confirming if things well, are real or if, not. If, if the main, if the main, confirmation if, bias, comes if the information this. I'm getting is skewed, which is like the whole chat GPT thing is like, they do studies on it and it's 51% are like skewed to the left. The information you're getting is not going to be. 50-50 or like perfectly accurate information from both interpretations if it's female, male, whatever the case may be because our world, whether people like to admit it or not, is binary ones and zeros. So if you're getting a zero when there should be a one or a one when there should be a zero and you're like, what happened here? You know, this correlates, I guess, back to like the whole conversation about like the robots not giving, you know, the answers that you're looking for and now you need a human because the nuance of chaos you know um i don't know i don't know there you know the some of the best sex is chaotic you know okay some of but then there are certain situations you want no chaos because like you definitely don't want to be in this position where a woman whether or not is calling you out for rape or like 
microaggressions or anything in this day and age. And that's considered that's considerably the situation with Andrew Tate right now, because these entities, whether they be corporations or individual women are conspiring against him to take him down. That's the fact. Whether he did something right or wrong, because at the state, he's being, at least from what I, my perspective, and whether you're saying that's a confirmation bias or not, he is the uh, straw man for misogyny and for uh, sexual trafficking. And and there ha- the public, the court of public opinion, at least from what I'm seeing is contrary to what I'm saying in that they have held him guilty before he's innocent. Then the court system, when everyone's coming out and saying it's an Eastern European country that can be bought out is holding the crime against him, but no information is coming out to tell us what the findings are. They're not saying, at least in in the headlines, like what the situation is. Now, if you dig deeper into the situation, you start getting into chaotic conversations of hearsay, and and because then you're talking about a a court system that's being held in a different language, Romanian, and that has to be translated to English, and then there's an inherent bias there in the way that they they translate through the media to English speakers like myself. And, um, you know, right now, the way that I feel is that men are being held on trial for decisions women make. And as a result, you know, women aren't held liable for their decisions. If they want to go out and be webcam models because they see it as a viable career that is not how can you form how can that be a form of sex trafficking if it's not physical uh are you asking me like technically i'm i'm talking to a microphone so it's like well, right. Sort I just, of a monologue and soliloquy about yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that the too. whole concept of like what what is going on because it's not being held in a in an uh, American court system. No, no. It's, it's being, in Romania. This is a global conversation about an issue that's happening in a country that's not an English speaking country that, from what I understand, is corrupt and being is able to be bought by corporations and that their government is um what do they call uh governments that are like uh, fugazi like they're a fugazi government uh yeah just like a faux government yeah yeah one that's ran corrupted probably has hand in some sort of criminal organization So, yada yada. Sorry, I'm just reading the recent Tate stuff. It's really difficult from from what I've read to really interpret, other than the sensationalism, 
what's going on. Well, I think that's where critical thinking comes into play. And, it's, and I don't have enough time to really commit to that. Like To critical thinking? To commit to this guy who's a, a global representative, most Googled man in, in the world. How does my neighbor perceive this? Is this neighbor even perceiving it? What's the legal ramifications that are going to come down from the fact of that in Romania they tried this guy for being Why does it matter? a virtual pimp? And then what does that apply to the the Econ- econ- economics in America if that rule set comes over in our environment and then we have... You're really concerned about all of that though? That That's the things that go on in my mind because I know I know the current um, sexual marketplace in America is that women see men in a certain light and their opportunities are limited because of the whole gender pay gap and then what how they uh attribute heterosexual relationships their gender fluidity and then how does that correlate with the the marketplace of uh, a sexual marketplace when you go out and you engage with women in general because if they don't if they're looking for a high value mate they want something at their level or above and then the numbers, the statistics show that once you get past a certain level, there's no 50-50 because women don't make the same amount as men and they can't contribute. Now they can contribute on an emotional level, but on a logical level, once it gets past a certain level, they just can't contribute. And that's why the relationships end up where there is a virtual pimp involved because men have a larger selection of women at a high value when they have a lot of money. Yeah, we got talked about this in the last episode where you just, you become more desirable given the more, more money, more resources you have, more men are like CEOs, more men are in like higher ranking positions. We were talking about, and a we big component that for be, me though is knowledge. And that's where I think it's kind of funny is because a lot of these things, there's the knowledge is skewed based on the information we're given and they even have access to like you're splitting hairs on an Andrew Tate thing who multiple, 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 multiple different accusations through and through. Right. And then Lady Gaga using some sort of symbolism. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a certain level of attention you you have a due diligence of yourself to figure out your own feelings and emotions about both of those. Mm-hmm. Right. But you also can't, you got to apply the same critical thinking and the same way of doing your brain work around both those subjects to both of them. You can't just say one's one way and one's the other way when mm-hmm. both of them are probably fairly similar. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the, again, to the little Nas X thing, you're, Claiming that Andrew Tate's innocent because there's no, been no charges in this no, government. No, no, no. That's America. You're innocent until proven guilty. In Romania, you might be guilty until proven innocent. I'm just saying from the perspective of being an American, the benefit of the doubt is always the first thing. But in the media, fuck that. That's out the door, out the window. Because it's media driven, right? Isn't so I have no idea shit, what the truth is. Like the the... And I'm only bringing the little knot or the we're going to escape the little knots thing. The Lady Gaga thing. Because he's a troll. That's why you don't pay attention to it. Okay, that's fair. He's a troll. The Lady Gaga thing with the symbolism on the shirts and what she's doing there. 
again. Though his We're money, his money, like let's let's be honest, his money and he how he deploys his money could affect all of the mainstream media. Who are we talking about? Now? Little Nas X. So I'm not not paying attention to what he's got going on and how he. Right, but you also pay things. attention to weird shit. Like you pay attention to economy. It's very clear in that last five ten minutes you just went on about how you're correlating Andrew Tate's potential consequences and how they're going to correlate to the future of well, us he's the doing number business one Google man in a, in the world for number right two. now for right now but he not all hold time on. hold on though. not well right now is what we're talking about we're right now in the future not he, in the past he may not be in the next week Andrew Tate's got a great marketing team and that was exposed about a month ago and how he plays into his marketing team and yeah, how yeah. they just take all his clips and yeah. they're the ones that are behind the reason he's the most Googled person. Well, no, I don't agree with that because his participation in podcasting, live streaming, because being involved. Because his marketing team has set him up that way. He's getting, it's a cycle. I don't he's think doing he's not things, active invo- actively involved. It's not like. He is actively involved. That's, that's my mean. point. Yeah. I want to make that clear. He's oh, actively he involved. He is. He is. He's a smart man. He's like smart. A very smart individual. He's smart. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But he's not. He also has a team that's doing a lot of work for him. He's not out here that's doing business. his posts. He's, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But he's also, I don't think he was the one that is coming up with these marketing ideas. He has this team that's taking all I don't think he wasn't. Clickbait shit. What do you mean? I don't think I mean I mean like just me I learn something and I do it. I mean I can deploy an editor or someone else to right, help me right, do it, but right. I'm very well aware of what I'm doing. Right, but you, your, he sat down and did a full course, Hustlers University, with all the information that you know how he does how he goes how about he does and like it. structures it. Well, yeah. how he structures and it. the and the things to do. Right, but not he okay. He's coming at it from the perspective of being a restaurant owner, hiring the chef, hiring the cooks, hiring the wait staff, hiring the that. He's going to tell you how to do all those things. He's not the cook creating and prepping the ingredients, though. That's my point. He's got a whole team that's he's sitting the there chef. filming him. Twenty? No, he's the restaurant owner. I'm giving these the scenario. Well, he could also be the restaurant owner owner as well. Doesn't mean. You know, he could be the chef and the restaurant owner. I'm giving the perspective, and I'm telling you, he's just the restaurant owner. He's hired a chef. He's Where's not that the perspective chef. coming from? Don't I, I just want to say he's very participatory. He owns the business and cooks the content. I don't think he does. No, you don't think he cooks the content. He has a team that follows him around. He has a team that follows him around and films. Yeah, them. he has waiters that distribute the clips. Yeah, yeah, and create the. But clips. he's still making the steak. He's showing up and greeting people at the door. He's not making the steak. No, no, no. no. How? He has his own podcast. He has his own podcast, but his team's keeping him on. He's just showing up is my point. He's just showing up. He's he's in a position now to where he has a whole team that's running everything for him to where he Gordon just Ramsay has- Gordon Ramsay shows up. He just has places to but be. But he's still the chef and, and Wolfgang Puck still cooks at his restaurant. Being, I think you're being literal. No, yeah, yeah. See, you're actually thinking of like a cook. I'm not- But this is- I'm looking at you're it- You're using a cook in an analogy that you're not supposed to use a cook for. I'm telling you that Andrew Whoa, Tate is not- Whoa, not supposed to? What is- it? Yeah. How? How is that? Well, because, okay. Let's take a couple steps back. I'm providing the analogy, so it's my analogy. I'm the creator of the analogy. You don't get to create anything in the analogy. I'm giving you the analogy. Okay, yeah, yeah, Because it's my perspective of Andrew Tate. Okay, yeah. Andrew Tate is a restaurant owner. Let's not even use restaurant. He's the owner of a retail box location, okay? But uh-huh. he's just the owner. 
He uh-huh. talks to the marketing people when he needs a marketing uh-huh. budget. He talks to the management when he uh-huh. needs a schedule created. He needs uh-huh. all this, but he's not out there running the floor. He's not out in the back stocking the boxes. Mm. Andrew Tate is, just, he has a conglomerate of people following him. He has people that follow him around when he goes on his vacations. He has people that film him during his podcast. Uh-huh. He has people that yeah. then take these things and create video. He's not sitting at the computer creating a video clip. Oh, he does though. No, he doesn't. Oh no. He's been on live stream doing that. Okay. Because he knows how to. He's not. That is not a role that he does on a daily basis. I can guarantee it. And that was one of the things that he talked about, which this article. Right. You do delegate tasks to other people yes. as a chef or as a, the restaurant owner. Okay. Yes, you do delegate. But his role and his participation in the things is not as heavy as I think you think it is. And that was what this huge article that he did was. He has a team. There's truth. There's that truth goes about too. And takes clips for of him. I agree. And that will take the yeah, most yeah, yeah. inflammatory clips no, he has yeah. and then circulates them into the the marketing stream and the algorithms and mm-hmm. then people call Andrew Tate yeah. hey man can we get you oh, of course I'll be there yeah and then people go around and film those interactions right. he's not sitting here doing some like staying up all night editing his videos and then he's calling the promotional pe- no, no he's, he's not, not a one man band no not at all not but that doesn't means. diminish the fact of him both being a chef and a restaurant uh, what I'm trying to say is I'm trying it to sounds say like you're dimin- diminishing the I'm fact. saying that he's not that he's not that cool He's not that cool. Oh, he's not. You th- because cool to cool to you, which I think is true. I also agree with you. I don't. Do, I, I I think both things are cool. Like he's huge in your world for what reasons right now? No, hold on. Before we get to that point, is I think he's cool for both reasons. I think that a person he's not this person, right? He's not the person that's the one man band doing everything on his own, right? But he's also cool because this is the type of person I've become, the person who understands the structure and can delegate to other people what they could do to build my brand, right? I think that's cool. I can also be the chef being like, this is the, you know, now we're, instead of one course meal, now we're doing five course meals. But you don't feel that his, I feel a huge component of his success uh-huh. is because he is inflammatory in a character. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's real easy to, for people to sell his shit. We're like a trend, so, I love you, I love you, but you're not out making, knocking people out on kickboxing you're not out making supplements and you're not out on big brother winning millions and millions of dollars and having people just idolize you for being on tv yeah which is where i say what's he doing that's different from what any so, other popular person right. is doing so that's it's the, not that's the thing that, rogan does it aubrey marcus did it brendan schaub has done it for podcasting several other people have done what andrew tate has done right. he just has happened to hit an algorithm where he's the most googled per- okay who cares Hold he on. wasn't the most googled person two years ago uh-huh you know I what think, i'm saying i think there are certain co- and he doesn't his main and the only reason i'm sticking because andrew tate i paid attention to before he was andrew I tate get what you're saying, because yeah. he was in combat yeah and the only thing that he's done uh-huh. ever Ever, ever, uh-huh. ever, ever, ever. That's really like, oh, he's put years and years and years of work and training and all that into is combat sports. When you were all this new stuff is built off of the name he made in his combat sports career and his Big Brother crossover. He had he had a combat sports career that got mm-hmm. him into a commercial mm-hmm. crossover, and that has allowed him to continue his success. But he didn't build this master genius. Oh, I'm going to orchestrate a, a structure of how to build a business and how to uh-huh. get marketers and advertisers advertisers and brand ambassadors he uh-huh. didn't build any of that that's so not his brainchild he didn't his, he's not doing anything new I get, his genesis isn't from business but for those that are their genesis is from business you have to take what because they have invested into entertain and done the interviews like a patrick bet david a grant cardone mm-hmm. um a uh 
uh, Bradley, mm-hmm. these other people, Gary V's, he is those smart people have he's invested able- into that into him, and because of his business acumen and the fact that, yeah, see, I don't hold the value of him in being a kickboxer, like that's irrelevant to me, right? That component is just like for Macho Man Randy Savage. It's not for the actual acumen behind the business, like Dan Bilzerian, like like uh, uh, I'm Travers still confused ba- on, on Dan Bilzerian's businesses. It's the same uh, conversation. It's still the um, it's still the PUA. It's still in that PUA world. What is PUA? Pickup artists. That whole men who are heterosexual and teaching other men how to socialize with women and how to get girlfriends, find a wife, do a Rolo Tomasi, Fresh and Fit, all these diff- these manosphere uh, influencers who are teaching social skills to people who have um, not engaged in a public discourse in that regard and so they have limited skills so this is where the crossover comes for the gaming world he has communicated to a lot of young gamers things that that are masculine the gaming world and the more like um entertainment artsy world see that as counter culture to their culture because it's very um I don't know how to put this, but like the homebody nature, like being very uh, individualistic, sitting on the couch, do nothing, like just be a, a complacent consumer, bye, 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 mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, uh, don't be a producer, uh, don't go out there and make an, a name for yourself, don't do anything. When that resonates with y- the youth and it, and it opens up uh, the doors for men and women because he also contributed to to women going out there and being their own boss, doing their own thing, having a uh, their own way to accumulate their own money without being in whatever they want to call his harem or anything like that. Then that is separate from the fighting component, right? So that fighting component is, um, I think, for a lot of people, it's a met, it's a it's a way out of being a you know, uh, a lazy person because there's a commitment sent nature to it. Right. And so he committed a lot of his time to being a kickboxer and being a world champion. Now for me, that doesn't mean anything. What does mean anything is like his ability to be social. He went and did the big brother component. He's now doing a, a lot of podcasting, a lot of content creating, a lot of the things that I think are the new age way of monetization entrepreneurship and on top of that, um, this uh, his history that when you start to look into his father and you start to look into how that he as an individual is in the conversation, the the legacy component of it makes sense because his father was a, a grandmaster champ, uh, chess champion that was involved in CIA operations in Romania and other countries of Eastern Europe as a spy and then communicated that back. And you want to give Lady Gaga shit for using symbolism on her things. And Tate has a direct family tie to the FBI. Not the FBI, CIA. Or CIA, and you don't think that there's... 
coercion and coercion. fishy there? No, I'm not. No, I don't think there's nothing fishy there. I'm just saying that if you're applying those characteristics to the greater good, they're better than that. Like if we're juxtaposing the two now that you brought it up. Because you are, like, if I look at you, you're an embodiment of the things that Andrew Tate represents. Lady Gaga is not an embodiment of the things that you represent. No, not that I can think of, but I also don't think Tate is. I definitely don't have a lot of the points of view that Tate has. If we're looking at the social hierarchy of the tree, you fall under that tree, not on the other tree. Because I'm a white male? Not because of that. You're heterosexual. White you're male. a male. Um, white the white male. component is irrelevant because he's a black male. Andrew Tate? His father's black. Full black? Yes, full black. Wait, whoa. Full? Yeah. That's, that's problematic. Is it? Yeah, I mean, you don't talk about blood. Uh, in, you can be half black. But it's... <laughs> so but it's okay to, to be... That to say that. But to say half black is a dismin dismin diminishment on just, their black he heritage. He doesn't look anything... I'm, he looks very white. I did not know that his father was... I also didn't know his father was in the CIA, so... I did not know his father was black because he looks very white. Emory Tate was in the CIA. Okay. Yeah. I'm looking at it. So I think they might be going down a lot. I mean, <laughs> we went, dude, we still didn't talk about 2023 at all. So well, this, this is the, just a whole other podcast. What what it is. Again. No, we even talked about 2023 the whole time. No, we, talked, we didn't. We talked about what albums you're anticipating uh, we spent three, talked, three minutes we talked on that, about sir. podcasting we talked about ai's component in 2023 we spent we, three minutes on that what what do you think is the where's the um i have no idea andrew tate's uh nothing because i how i just found out in 2023 that andrew tate's dad is black and now i'm going down an emory tate rabbit hole you know that he has uh a brother right uh, Andrew Tate, yeah, he's also in trouble. Yeah, they're both. It's like, for what he not, also looks white, doesn't he? He doesn't. He's, look, he's, he's like very uh, white passing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what's so funny about that is, uh, they look like. What, oh God, what, what are pee. those two brothers? The two Irish brothers. What's that movie? They're walking out the of Boondock the, Saints. Boondock Saints. It looks like the Boondock Saints as they're walking out of the courtroom, and I'm like. Dude, what the heck is going on here? What is this globalism okay, nonsense this was, that's going on in the world? This was episode two of Entrance World. Entrance Brain is what I should call it. Because that's just what we went on. We just went in. We went into uh, just nonsense, bro. We go into nonsense. and I, But I, I, I don't want it any other way because that's just I well, think how our conversations go. I wonder, go. like, when you say nonsense... I asked you like what the first quarter looked like, right? Because we broke it yeah, down we like talked that. About that yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, but then we trailed into like why we're into creator economy and why that's we're... what I'm doing. Well, I, mean, I know. I that's know. my business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not calling so you I'm out focused, on anything. Focused yeah. on. I'm just saying that that's the route that the conversation went. So to come in here and be like, oh, we're going to talk about 2023, when in reality we should just come in and be like, hey, we're going to talk. We're just going to talk about whatever comes up because that's how me and Trent conversate. We can't come in with an outline, and then I ask you two things and we go down the rabbit holes we go down because dude i know why this is and um, it's cool the reason i'm not mad at it the at reason all. why it is, is another cool episode i'll say this let's have more content now the majority of podcasts are structured around um like at least from the rogan standpoint um is like selfish promotion oh it is and we so don't, we don't have I, it but i do got a piece so oh yeah no worries i'll keep carry this real for you 
a lot of podcasts are selfish promotion for an author, a musician, or some form of entertainment to come out and do some sort of release on what they're going to be selling to consumer. By no, by no means am, am I selling an ideology or selling an, an identity to anyone, um, though I do think it's incredibly important for people in general to do their own research search into the content that they're consuming. A lot of the content that individuals are consuming is very sugar-coated. Um, and the the things that these artists, these people that you're listening to and you're um, processing um, may not have your self in, your interests at heart and they don't represent the person that you want to be. And so, you know, I'm, I'm definitely want to get more in line with, you know, Brian's expectations of what this show should sound like as far as what 23 should be. Maybe that the problem is, is that um, I'm not asking enough questions about what his goals are in 2023. Um, and I know that the a lot of what I think is true is that he intends to, you know, create a lot more content, make these podcasts and some of the things we're talking on the on the um, behind the scenes as far as production goes is that he's going to be creating a lot more uh, micro ways to consume the content and um, and learn more about what the Common Chaos podcast is all really about and why he intends to you know make the content that he makes and but now that he's back from the restroom break um, I'll let him uh, run the show again what'd you say basically said that um, you know you're I don't have any um, uh, intention to like make anyone believe what I believe and they should do their own research into the topics that they're most concerned about. And then in that, I'm just repeating myself, um, that the things that they consume may not have their best interest in, in mind. And so hmm. they should be really thinking about the things that they're, that they represent and whether or not, you know, they should be consuming that that content yeah that's a good way to to put a cap on that because again it all comes down to why you're you're consuming it in the first place and i get the uh you know i guess the little we we got a little sideways with like the comparisons of like little nas x and i love comparisons and the the lady gaga shit and if you juxtapose the things it's like not everything's meant to be juxtaposed not everything's meant to be compared you know, especially fun. when they're from two different, understand, I understand that, yeah. but for the sake of order and structure in things like a conversation or it's the comic chaos podcast. a topic, that is true. Yeah. But I, you, back to your own point of why we're like listening to things, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't listen to little Nas cause it doesn't do anything for me. The music, mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Just doesn't do anything for me. Just like you can look at Andrew Tate and appreciate what right. he's done. Right. I can look at a little Nas X and appreciate what he's done as far as music. Uh-huh. Who yeah. doesn't want to live out their music career, you know, and their dream of just being an artist and mm-hmm. musician, expressing mm-hmm. themselves mm-hmm. how they want, right? And I agree. But there was also a little bit of disdain and a little bit of even some triggering there when you were talking about him. You mm-hmm. seemed kind of, you did seem kind of hateful. There's a consequence to that. And you did have to sit there and go, hey, I'm trying not to sound hateful, right? There was a little bit of a... Well, because people will do a surface level, you know, um, interpretation of what you're saying sure. and not look at the, the like, societal effects that 
men and women because of the things they consume, right? Such as that is removing the sexual marketplace. Like I don't think anybody's out here. I don't think anybody is. Your opinions are valid because they're your opinions, right? And I don't think that you're in any way, shape, or form being forced to listen to Little Nas X. Oh no, no, no! I mean, I'm not in some sort of weird terrorist situation where they're forcing it. But I also don't think that's the general thing. Pop music and things that are popular like that, radio things because of the money, the money. Well, yeah, but they're also like we're consumer based species like a consuming based species we consume things and a lot of unfortunately that consumption is passive yeah, and we don't really think do about that. it yeah. we don't really pay attention to it as we do it mm-hmm. uh, and those big companies that got all the money and all the power know how to really use those things to their advantage and we happen to be the victims of circumstance to those you know, if you walk into a Starbucks and, and all you hear is little Nas X, yeah, yeah, and it gets annoying, and then and you, you hear on the radio that it could have some sexual innu- innuendos, and it could have some, you know, other things that you don't necessarily like. Well, it's all meant to just get you triggered. You at the same time though don't have to pay attention to it. Like, yeah, it's really and that goes I- back to ironic, the, right? That goes the, back to the think about what you're consuming and why you're consuming it. Mm-hmm. But also, if you're upset at something or if something's triggering you, why is it triggering you? Does it even matter? Like the Andrew Tate thing. I'm indifferent on Andrew Tate as of as it stands now. I don't well, so even know I. what the fuck. You know, I really don't. But you hold, no, you hold value on no, him. No, I know a lot about it. You hold value on him. No. You said that you just gave me three or four reasons why you did find value in him. Because he speaks to you well, from a creative perspective. He speaks that to you Andrew from a business Tate. perspective. Like it's not Andrew Tate. Like substitute Dan Bilzerian or anybody into the the, you know... Um, the lightning rod for yeah, Gary Vee, yeah, yeah Gary substitute Vee. anyone in that into that role of, of being, you know, empowering men to be men and doing, you know, being um, pursuing your dreams, being um, an entrepreneur. Like it, that's it. Doesn't matter if it's Andrew Tate or anyone else. Like, you know, but um, you can say he speaks to you, right? Does he speak to me? Yeah, like you like him as a. I mean, you're following him clearly. You know a lot about him and you've spent time on him. So you were invested in him to a degree because you know a lot and you're defending him to a certain extent. Uh, well, so I have reasons to not defend him. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, those are also there. I don't want to get it confused that I'm like a worshiper or anything like that. Like I'm a dissident in the fact that, you know, a lot of the things he does say can be misconstrued and it would be better if he communicated them more effectively. Okay. You know, okay. um, there are... Uh, certain things that are like kind of out of reach. Like I've said already that the lifestyle that, that he lives, not everyone can live because there's, I mean, there's only a certain amount of men and a certain amount of women who can accomplish those things by statistics. Right. And he doesn't really talk to that. Now his, the people he speaks to do like the shows that he goes on outside of his own show. So there are a lot of criticisms that are valid the surface level jabs that people make at him as being a misogynist or these things irrelevant and unsupported. Like that's like a complete misinterpretation of what the word misogyny means. I mean, did you see any of him on big brother and how he treated people? He, that big brother alone changed my opinion on him. I thought that he was just cool and a fighter and he spoke well and he was like kind of smart and kind of cocky. Does he, he like good, women? Uh, I mean, I'm sure he likes fucking women. Yes. Does that make him a hater? I mean, it doesn't not make him a hater. Well, then you just can't call him misogynist if the question's up in the air. 
well, no, but you can make statements off of things you've seen and experienced. But there's no evidence to say that he hates women. He got kicked off a show for slapping one. I mean, clearly that's not <laughs> so. If you look at Dana White slapping his wife, he's not getting excommunicated from the UFC. So that doesn't. I think he should necessarily. That's re- the point. Doesn't the- necessarily correlate hatred of women or anything. To be fairly honest, but I mean, I mean it can speak to a sign of it. The problem with that doesn't speak to a sign of not. You hit someone. It's a safe statement to say that you can potentially. I don't hate think them. I can conclusively call him a. I mean, we can joke and we could say he's a it's woman also abuser. Not, it's not also not on us to make these like bold claims. All I'm the saying... The media, though, is by putting it in the headline and putting bold font on it and doing, you know, and doubling down. But again, it's up know. to us and what we're paying attention to. Right. My only point was is that it's we can put our own spins on any of these yeah. things, right? Why we're listening to something, why we're not. Why we support something, why we don't support it. It's how it. much you're invested. So if you... And also why... I am invested in the idea and why you're invested. I am invested in an idea. Yeah. Because I want to know what the ultimate consequences are. There's clearly no consequences for slapping your wife. That's going to go all. There are. <laughs> Comes with. What's going to happen? I mean. Hasn't happened immediately. So that seems like there's no consequences because there's enough time to diminish. You're also it. taking one out of how many instances? Millions? Oh, man. I don't want to get too personal in in everything, but I know there aren't consequences. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Maybe for a a fucking famous man, there's consequences. consequences. No, there are more consequences for a famous man than just the average Joe. You know, the average Joe can get away with because the average Joe has more money than his wife. Is her in a position where she can't get out of the situation because she's got six kids. They live in a trailer park. Like, oh, that's a weird scenario. You just brought up so many weird scenarios. That's the m- mainstream. It's not the mainstream. When Who's... you start looking at the diminishment of value between women's wages and men's wages. Oh, this is such a weird conversation. The average man makes six, under $60,000 a year. Women make far less than that on average. So, and you know. Where did this conversation stem from? The, that's what I get lost the, in. Like, the why is the there now a is, wage conversation? Well, because the top of the top is a man who's very wealthy and a... We were talking about repercussions and consequences for slapping somebody. And now we're getting into the wage gap. That's there's Well, what I'm trying to say is the reason why I go and invest in these stories is to learn more about uh, the dynamic between women and men. Andrew Tate's dynamic with his harem or female sex slaves. And then, you know, Dana White, if that's what we're talking about, and his wife and his... You know, both horrible examples to look at for relationships of men and women. That's well, yeah, I mean, at the a top great it place is very to start. Horrible. A great place to start. That, those are not two people I would look at for examples of that. I'd probably look at people that are in examples of like long relation, healthy relationships. Uh, you don't it's see many do of that. them. You don't see many of them in the public eye. Yeah, it's very difficult but to do that. Yeah, I'm sure they're out there. Yeah, because you, you know, the, you know, the media or the the content that's created around that. It's not sensational enough to like really say, oh, they were in a well, happy 40 it. year marriage. And this that is shit how doesn't sell. Did it. What sells is, is drama and the potential for cheating and the potential for there to be a fucking third. Or, mm-hmm. That's what sells. Yeah. None of the fucking good, healthy shit. Just back to your point. Yeah. Little Nas X is out here singing about riding horses and someone wants to say it's gay innuendos and all of a sudden everybody's up in arms. Well, if you never heard it was gay innuendos and you just thought it was about horses your entire life, you would have been a lot happier. And so you the point so? is. Well, yeah, because clearly you heard about it was sexual about sexual innuendos and it bummed you out, right? Well, it, I think it was more the doubling down, you know, because it wasn't just that one song. 
it goes in and it keeps him going. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, if he just made one hit one wonder, I don't think it would have really, you know, changed anybody's perspective of the song. But he made clear that that song was about that by adding more and more songs. I still need proof about that. I still need proof of that. Got any plugs? Um, wait, so you, you don't want to talk about 2023? Two, two hours and 40 minutes, dude. No, we're not going any further. No, there's no more. No, that was our conversation. They just wow, get man. another These episode of Brain Talk. kind of gets slowed, slowed down. They're like, <laughs> you know, because normally like, like long format podcasts, a lot of the ones I listen to are at that three hour mark. Yeah, I don't, I can't put it up at good sounding quality at three hours. Oh, that why? was knives. I don't know, but I'm not going to discuss about it for 10 minutes on a podcast. <laughs> So, <laughs> no, man, I thought that would be very educational. No, I don't know. I just can't. Unless you can educate me on GarageBand on how to z- compress my shit and make it fit on. So after three hours, you've you've experienced it not sounding good. I just have to save it at a lower quality if I want to make it hit the limit on the website. Yeah. What's the oh the uh, the megabytes? Yeah. Things that we definitely don't need to talk about on the podcast. <laughs> you don't think people want to learn how to do a podcast? Not, no, bro. No, nobody's giving a shit about this type of content. No. Oh, do I do? All right. Well, maybe that's part of what what we should be talking about. Maybe you. Sh- maybe I should be on your show, and then maybe we <laughs> should just stick in line with the shit you talk about. I don't. I don't know, man. You can. You definitely. You know, like, you can propose. You can pose a lot of questions, and I feel like, you know, it's really challenging to be a host. Um, but you know, you've had a great show. You've done 102 episodes now. 103. 103 episodes with this one. And, um, you know, wish you all the best um, in regards to the next episodes. Um, and to think I wanted to do one same. with both you and Knives on it. <laughs> that would have been a fucking train wreck. I mean, we did. We did, and it never made it out. Yeah, I'm not exactly sure what... Never made it out. How you want the show to be structured. Oh, there's not going to be. I've made that decision. The, we haven't even all gone out for lunch yet. I'm still trying no, to make not a that lunch show, but I mean your whole podcast in general. I'm not sure exactly, oh. like how you want it to be narrated and and organized. I don't think that there's a conciseness between any of the episodes. Yeah, probably you know? not. So sure. I don't know if that's something you're trying to discover. What what that means to you? I don't know because I'm not too sure I understand the question, but. Mm. I can think on it, I think. All right. Well, it's TrentKnox.com. There you um, go, baby. That's all I got to say. Uh, esports, no EB, nothing else? No other websites? You got anything else? No, 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 nothing. All right. Well, there you go. TrentKnox.com. And it's a beautiful website, too, by the way. Yeah, it took some it's, time. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. You, I, was, I, was, I was proud when I saw it, and it has nothing to do with me. So, all right, everybody. Well, that was Trent Knox. Appreciate you, buddy. Love you, man. <laughs>